Welcome to Dual Win Games Episode 9. Today on Table Talk, we introduce a guest host. We review Great Western Trail and Heaven and Ale, and we go over our top 10 games from 2017. We are your hosts, Ryan Gast, Tim Stearns, Aaron Sh- Wait. Michael Gast. So for Table Talk, well, I guess we should discuss why Michael is here. Aaron couldn't make it today, unfortunately. He had some issues come up, so we decided to have a guest host, and that is my brother, Michael, who we've talked about on the show a lot. Hey, hey everybody. Michael. So why don't you introduce yourself, then? Well, Michael Gast, and um, you know, filling in for Aaron today, and I'll you know try not to ruin the show for you guys, but no promises. And we uh, we couldn't get anyone better, so we got a poor man's Aaron Schmidt. Yeah. We, we didn't think that Ryan and I could run the show ourselves. So we wanted to, that. I agree with. We wanted a fall guy in case it went, you know. Yeah, in case it went battle, Aaron is out. <laughs> we could just blame him. Right. Yeah, I'm a good scapegoat. So I guess, uh, what got you into the board game hobby, Michael? Well, I know when I was younger, would we, you know, we would play board games, and with you know the whole family, we'd we'd do that occasionally. You know, not good games, but you know ones that we enjoyed at the time. And I know, you know Christmases, we'd always, you know. You know, bigger family get-togethers, and those were always a lot of fun. We'd have a lot of games, whereas guys against girls, and guys were a lot worse at it, so we always <laughs> cheat a lot and still <laughs> usually lost, but it was a lot of fun. And then as you know, got older, kind of got out of it for a while, but then actually you guys, we I know went up to you know Fall 50, had a race there, and then that night you know playing some board games, and like, oh, those were a lot of fun. I remember playing One Night was a good one, kind of a party game. Mm-hmm. You know, just a lot of fun, you know, figuring out what was going on there. And then I know Ryan, he tried to get me into into it a few times and gradually wore me down and <laughs> got me trying a few of them and just really enjoyed it playing. I didn't always, especially those early ones, didn't always know what I was doing, but, you know, gradually kind of figuring out and just, it's just fun, you know, having, you know, some of those were you know, trying to figure out, a, you know, a good strategy and a lot of times you're just terrible at it, or at least I am, but... You know, eventually, when you finally get it right, you know, it was a lot of fun. So I love the thinking part of it. And, you know, from when we played games like Monopoly and stuff like that, that thought were fun at the time, that's nothing compared to, like, the games. Yeah, once you realize what's out there. It's a lot of fun puzzling out games in your head and whatnot, figuring out stuff. Never knew these kinds of games were out there, that they were that, you know, there's such a variety, too. There's a lot of different kinds of games. So depending on what you like or what you're in the mood for, you can kind of play that. And it's fun just, you know... Good people sitting around playing games and all that. So, um, I know you had mentioned, too, when you first kind of started playing with us and whatnot, we'd always pick different games all the time, and you're kind of just like, man, can't we play, like, I know that game, can't we just play that one more type of thing? Yeah, because I would, you know, play one game, you know, finally, you know, get the rules down on it, and I was like, well, I want to play again, because now I think I can do better, and, and that, so it was... I'd want to play a game four or five times in a row versus keeping switching. Yeah. Know? And some of that I, I still have where I want to play a game a second time, but it's not not nearly as much now because I'll enjoy the next game too. And now that I've played more games, it's easier picking up rules. Mm-hmm. So that initially, I don't know these different mechanics and how to play, so it was a lot tougher. as a bigger, steeper learning curve, I guess, figuring out how to play a new game. So I just felt like I was at such a disadvantage, whereas now I can pick up on those more quickly and not get crushed as badly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for me it always kind of depends because there's, you know, there's always a thrill to learn a new game. You know, it's something new, something fresh. But I always love going back 
obviously, in checking out the older games to kind of refine a strategy or try to figure the game out a little bit more. So, you know, mm-hmm. not to go too deep into it, but yeah. I'm, yeah, definitely. What are some of your most memorable gaming moments that you've had, good or bad? Well, my favorite gaming moments are when I win games. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's, that's usually the, the first time you play a game. Yeah, it's, if it's a new game for everybody, I, I do decent sometimes that first game and then get worse from there. <laughs> I think one of my favorite times was when um, when we were playing Dominant Species and it we really? had a dual win. You know, <laughs> that was a fun one. You know, just you know, figuring you know when I you know, play a game and it just doesn't make sense right away. So I don't know if there's one moment, but you know when it when it clicks finally that. All right, this is what I can do, and you may not figure it out that game, but then for the next game you can have that. So those are always fun. Just finding a new game that I like are, you know, some of the better moments as well. All right, just so everyone gets like a better understanding of what kind of games you enjoy, what would you say some of your favorite style of games are besides ones that you win? I was gonna say those those are my favorites, ones I win. But actually, you know, I I like a lot of different types of games. I can kind of play most most any kind and enjoy them, uh, but one of the first types of games I know I liked was the worker placement. I know Stone Age was one of the first games that I really, really liked a lot. So, you know, having those, you know, the workers, you know, choosing what to do with them, you know, gathering resources to build other things, you know, kind of, you know, get an engine going kind of thing. Those were always fun. I enjoy, you know, Euro games. I'm a big fan of, you know, heavier games. You know, I don't mind playing games that take two, three, four hours. Um, not always in the mood for that, but certainly enjoy some of those, you know, so yeah, that's, that's that. So like when you go into gaming now, what are some of the things that you really, uh, are you looking for, looking to get out of it? Uh, just, a lot of times it's a, a new experience, a different type of game where there's a, you know, something a little bit unique or something that's a well-designed game where it's, there's a lot of different things you can do and it's not just one strategy you know this one strategy is going to work you can try a lot of different things and just you know kind of putting that puzzle together as far as you know there's a lot of different things you have to be doing and kind of managing whether it's you know managing your hand or you know building an engine you know just something where you have to put a lot of thought into it so that when you finally do get it you know it feels good when you you play well even if you don't necessarily win that you're putting together a you know good strategy now I think in the past year, you have gone to a few conventions with us. I think you went to GameholeCon in Madison a couple times, and you also went to Origins last year. What did you feel about those two cons? And What are your pros and cons? Oh, I see what oh, you I did get there. It. Yep, yep. We'll move on. <laughs> well, it didn't know what to go, you know, what to expect going into those, but it, they're a lot of fun. You know, the first time going there and, you know, the first couple... I didn't know any other games out there, just the ones I've played. So, you know, going through and looking at games that didn't, not a whole lot registered with me. It's like, oh, that's cool that there's stuff out here, but I don't know what I'm looking at. But, you know, there's, you know, they have uh, maybe a library of games where, you know, try a bunch of different games. That's always fun to just, you know, try those new ones. And there's a ton of people there. And usually we're there with a few people, so we play a few games like that. Um, I know at Origins, demoing some new games, that was a lot of fun too. You get some, you know, real crap games that you're not going to enjoy at all, <laughs> yep. never going to play again, but those are those are fun in their own way too. Yeah, you and, just make fun of them afterwards. And that yeah. way you know, I'm not going to buy this, yeah. so I don't waste never my money. Never playing Last Friday again. Yep. Last uh, but, Friday, Mountains of Madness. 
And it's a demo, so you're not wasting two, three hours on those. It's yeah. a short amount of yeah. time, and it you know, and sometimes you'll find a game that you never expected you'd like, and like yep, now I now I bought that. So my favorite games. So it's a fun experience. You know, the Origins taking a few different days too. It's kind of like a vacation, and uh, that. So that's always a uh, always good. I think that's about all I got. You got anything, Tim? Yeah, I would ask. So how big is your like game collection right now, and what kind of games do you have in your collection? I'd say I'm at probably, you know, 15 to 20. I've got a, a few different kinds. Some, you know, the shorter, you know, a few solo games, uh, like Friday, Onirim or Onirim or however you say that. Um, some solo games I can play and some, you know, some heavier games. Mage Knight, one of my favorite games that you can play multiple, multiple player or or solo, just a, you know, a lot heavier uh, type of game. A few couple worker placement games uh, just kind of in the last year or two kind of built that up from just a few games to i think you know maybe 20 games now that i've got so when you first got into it you know gaming with us i know we, we were throwing a lot of games at you but did you notice the more games you played kind of your tastes have changed a little bit yeah um you know some of the, my you know, favorite ones were you know not necessarily I guess probably, you know, a little easier games to figure out just because if they were too involved, I would have it, you know, just not knowing any of the mechanics for it, it would it'd be tough to kind of catch on. Um, and certain games where there was, each player was a little bit differently, I'd have enough problems like figuring out how I should play and then each player is playing, you know, they're asymmetrical, so you're they're doing different things. So I'm like, well, how come he can do that and I can't? And so I'm just mm. and not knowing which character will attack me just getting crushed by that sometimes so but as i'm familiar with these games where i can you know pick up on those heavier games and those those are the ones i've i think i've liked a lot more as we went on or as i went on i guess yeah i would definitely say is kind of the same for me entry level or a little above those are like the ones i like the most right away these other ones looked awesome but i was like i don't even know how to start getting into that now as i've played more and more i enjoy all types of games but those are the ones i prefer enjoy the most as long as i'm in the mood for them I especially if there's a, a game that we're playing eight ten hours and we play a bunch of really meaty games like my brain is just melting like right away and i got six more hours to play games i'm like i don't know if i can manage guys <laughs> so but and now those are some of my favorite games so mm. you know that's mm -hmm. kind of changed i still enjoy the you know the quick easy games there's always a time for some of those like you know bang the dice game is always a fun one and we still it's still one that always enjoy playing it so yep. some things have changed but you know a lot of those games are still the same ones i like would you say that you have a favorite game or i'd say my favorite game is mage knight just you know a lot going on with that and you know whether it's solo or i um, haven't played competitively but the co-op um, version there's a lot going on um, for it and it's a tough game to win you know even if you're playing on the the starting base level the mm -hmm. easiest level yeah it's never easy to win that game so it feels good when you you do it and it's it's a long game so you put a lot of time into it so when you it finally you finally do make it work you know the payoff is pretty good so mm -hmm. i agree so if that wraps up our introduction to michael now that you've gotten to know me, um, you know I'm the I'm the new Aaron, or at least the substitute Aaron for the day. So I'll, you know, kind of go over our first game. Uh, we've got Great Western Trail. Uh, it was designed by Alexander Pfister and published by Eggertspiel in 2016. Plays two to four players in 75 to 150 minutes. 
Great Western Trail is a board game with a smorgasbord of mechanics. Players take on a role of a rancher in 19th century America. You repeatedly herd your cattle from Texas to Kansas City, where you ship them off by train to collect money and victory points. The rancher at the end of the game with the most victory points is the winner. During the game, players will be traveling along the trail from Texas to Kansas City with their cow herd. Along the trail, players may hire workers, buy cattle, build buildings, remove hazards, trade with the Indians, move your engine forward on the railroad track, as well as a variety of other actions. The game will end after a number of cattle deliveries to Kansas City when the job market token falls off the track. Each other player will then have one final turn. Points are tallied, and the rancher with the most is victorious. You did a good job. It wasn't Aaron quality, but it was... <laughs> it's poor man's Aaron quality. I know. We weren't lying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tried. You know, I wasn't expecting to do that well. But um, So start things off here. Um, I guess, what do you guys think of the production quality? I would say two complaints that I have. Well, one for sure is the... Uh, the player boards, they're like they're thicker than cardstock, but it's not that yeah. like that little flimsy-ish. I know we we nitpick that in, like every game, but it's like if that's my main player board, I want it nice and thick. Yeah, because the rest yeah. of the tiles in the game you know, are thick and that chunky. It always feels off because it's just kind of yeah. You grab it, it's just flinging. <laughs> yeah. It's just like if there was indented, that would be even better. But oh, yeah. it's just it was so thin that yeah. You indent it, you're going to be going to the table. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I haven't. I'm not spoiled enough yet where I think everything needs to be like those scythe player boards where it's all cut out and all that uh, dual layered. You know, that's what he meant by. Yeah, I I know. Okay, I know. I, I want that. But... Well, I want it too. I, I I want. I expect at least the thicker cardboard though. Right. So yeah, it doesn't really hurt the game. I don't think. Just no. It doesn't it'd be an added bonus if it was a little bit nicer player board? So. The player boards, they're, you just kind of lay your cards and your tokens on top of it. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're sliding cards underneath, which yeah. would could be a problem. you got to be a tad careful not to bump your player board. But even if you do, you usually know what discs you've taken. It's, yeah. not, it's not like Terraforming Mars where you bump that and you're like, oh, yeah. Well, I guess we got to start over. Yep. <laughs> now, the money, I, I like immediately got metal coins for the game. So I don't even remember what they look oh. like. So that might be a nitpick. Yeah, so I've I, never played I, it without the metal coins. I don't so even remember. I think the coins are great, but... <laughs> it has to be a nitpick. I mean, if you instantly buy metal coins, I mean, you thought there was something wrong with the originals. I, I do it for, like, every game that isn't metal, if I like the game a lot. Not to have any spoilers here. All right, so what do you guys think of the theme? I'm not done with the production. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> Poor man's Aaron oh. strikes again. <laughs> Just ruining it. I think the, uh, the artwork's okay. The box cover is kind of weird. It's like this... Sultry, no, not sultry. <laughs> so, you really like this game, don't you? <laughs> be your so the uh, the box cover, the artwork, I think, is okay. I mean, the box cover is just kind of these three creepy faces, just you know, yeah, it's a little looking weird. at you. It's that's weird. But know. the artwork in the actual game, I think, is fine. The iconography is really good once you get to know it. The rest of the components are great, fine. Thick cardboard, you know, everything else, you know, is good. Yeah, the artwork's fine. You know, to your point, it is a creepy box cover. I don't know if they're coming out of the mist or <laughs> if it's trail dust or what, but... Why they're all gray like that. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're just nitpicking. 
But yeah, I, you know, I, I think the the cow cards are they look good. You mm-hmm. know, the iconography looks good. Everything makes sense. You know, we've played it a lot, so it flows really well for us. But even yeah. even our first game when we we were taught the game, I thought everything you know made sense and it worked really well. So you look at the box; it's kind of like that charcoal, dark, not really depressing, but kind of has that little look. And then you look at the, everything on the table; it's bright and colorful and yeah. all that. All right. So, what do you guys think about the theme? I like the theme; it's different, especially for a Euro game. But as far as how thematic it is, I guess I would say feels <laughs> mildly thematic. I guess, but not. I don't really feel. I know. I'm. I'm just. Basically traveling this rondelle constantly, yeah. the same path, delivering to Kansas City all the time, and then it gets shipped out. Right, it actually you're... gets shipped west, and I think they ship stuff north and east back then. It's not even... <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not totally sure on that, but I think that's how it was. It's definitely not overly thematic. No, no not at all. It's there a little bit, you know, with the cattle cards. You're... But... It's on par or more thematic, I would say, than a lot of the games we reviewed recently it is i think aaron has a lot of influence on that he's just making us review unthematic games because he wants to get that abstract that's that's probably true yeah it's not devoid of, of theme it's kind of you know kind of middle of the road you know with that where you know you're doing you know the different things or you're moving your train you have you know you know cowboy you know that helps you with cattle so that kind of makes sense your engineer helps you move your train mm-hmm. so that all kind of makes sense and flows that way but it's you know not how does how does so what's the thematic be, behind the uh, the train? Is it that you're moving your train route out farther, or you're building tracks out farther? So you know, there's not much. It's just kind yeah. of a scoring. Yeah, it's thing. it's not thematic. Like, what are you actually doing with it, or feeling like you're actually doing whatever with the train? It just oh, you're moving your train, right. like type yeah, of, like your engineers help you move your train. The train's not going back and forth. It just goes in one direction. I kind of think of it as instead of your train is taking your cattle to different places. It's more like this is how far your your network of trains can go. Like now you can get this far. You can get all the way to all the way to San Francisco now, or you, now you can yeah. only go to. Yeah, you know, that, that makes more sense thematically. Or maybe you got like a side job where you're just kind of in the rail industry, building building tracks and stuff. Maybe. Probably not, but just throwing <laughs> that in there. Okay. You know, because. You know, like you said, it's like a rondelle. You're just kind of moving. You move your cowboy as far as you can move or as far as you want to move, take the action of the building, and then go on. It, it doesn't really feel like I'm yeah. traveling the Old West. And Surprisingly, it is a theme that actually kind of drew me in, though. I find it interesting and whatnot. Right. Different. No real games about that. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, for a Euro game, that's you don't get... Yeah, you know, it's, in the American it's West, you don't really see that a whole lot. So. Yeah. It's a change of pace. So um, next on to gameplay. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I, I like that it's it's so there's so many things to do, but it's it's well balanced. Um, you know, so there's so many different ways to play the game. You know, different strategies you can take. Do I really want to build up my my deck with my different cattle? Do I want to go for buildings? Move my train ahead? And it's there's a lot of things to do, but it's not. Once you get the idea of it, it's not overwhelming because. You can only move your guy three spaces, so you're only there's a limited amount of things that you can choose to do. So each turn, there's only three things you can do. 
three different spaces you can move, so you, you're not going to be APing the whole time because it's kind of limited in that way. So there's so many different ways to do it, but you're not sitting there the whole time. Well, what I want to do this and this and this. You're, it kind of limits you for that. But everything else, I like that it's it's all interrelated. Where you can't you can't do everything, but you got to do a little bit of something. All these different things, you can't go without getting any cows because you know you'd just be stuck with a you know junk hand the whole time. But yeah, you know and. I think that's kind of the mark of a good game that you can that there's so many options, but you don't have to focus on one particular one. You know, I haven't seen that. You know, building the buildings is more powerful, or getting cattle, or the trains. It, it seems really balanced in that aspect. I don't know if maybe you guys have a different opinion on that, but yeah, absolutely. I've you know played it a, a lot of different times in so many different ways that people have won. So it's not you. Know, People can do very different approaches to it, and all of them can be successful. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's a real plus um, to the game. And I think that really helps with like replayability, too, because oh, yeah. there's so many strategies. You know, now, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about the expansion yet, or we can wait. But I mean, that just adds kind of another fold to it as far as replayability and gameplay and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I definitely I agree with everything you guys have said. So like when you're playing the game. You, there's this path, and it's pretty empty. There's just some buildings set out at the start of the game. You yep. can move your cowboy one to three spots, and you're going to take one, two actions on each building. It all depends. As the game goes, you're going to be getting three different types of workers, whether it's cowboys, engineers, or craftsmen. And cowboys give you better cows. Craftsmen help you with buildings, and then the engineers help with your train. Oh, there's so much we can't even go over how the rest of the game, but it's just kind of yeah, we... three main things. But I agree with what you guys said. There's many different strategies. You can go one of the different types of workers. You can go one of those three types and specialize in those. You can go for two of them. Uh, you try to sprinkle in all three of them. The board layout at the start of the game. I love that because it's so variable and replayable. So you set up the board, and I always look at, okay, what's the board set up? And then I develop my strategy from the start of the game. But you also have to react to how other players are playing, whether they're going through that trail slow or fast, because that's the game timer. There's not a set number of rounds. There's a set number of deliveries that happens during the game. And I think that in-game tension you have when somebody starts, it gets down there, you don't know how fast someone's going to go through that trail and start triggering more deliveries and the end game's going to come sooner mm-hmm. or slower depending on how fast people are going through. Yeah, you kind of have to you know, be adaptable. I usually you know, kind of start it you know, once the game's set up and you know, here's what my strategy is, but you have to be adaptable depending on what other people are doing. You know, it's not a game where someone goes somewhere and that just messes up your entire, you know, game. It's not that kind of interaction, but everything, you know, just tweaks the game a little bit so you have to adjust and plan accordingly so that you're you're not stuck, you know, someone's flying through and then, oh, now I can't now mm-hmm. I can't do everything because, you know, the you know, time's up and I'm done. And that can definitely change your strategies too, because generally the cowboys strategy, you want to go faster through the trail because with them, you're gaining more cows with score points, you're getting better cows, and then you're also getting higher deliveries. So you're going to want to go through faster, whereas the the engineers or the craftsmen, those get you the building points and super powerful actions, but those take a long time to build up mm-hmm. and get those higher buildings. And then the engineers or train guys, kind of the middle of the road one, 
don't want a quick long game because it takes a while to get that train down to the end. But if you get a lot of engineers and the right buildings come up, whether it's on the board in the right order or just your own personal buildings, depending on how the game layout is. I just really like that, like how everything is variable at the st start of the game, like everything. Yeah, so every game is going to feel a little bit different because yeah. these actions are in a different order. So like, well, last game I could you know build up my cowboys early. This game I can't. I can't do it till the end. So it's you know just every game feels just a little bit different. It doesn't feel completely different, but right. different enough where that replayability is yeah. Right? And is and there. the buildings too because you flip them. So yeah. A or B side. So you know maybe. Depending on what buildings you have at your disposal, maybe you won't even build any of them because they're they're not going to benefit. Maybe you getting cows, yeah, or, you know, and conductors. I don't know how you feel about it, Tim, but I like that interaction a lot in this game with those buildings, like placing them out. Whether you put the taxing buildings, the hands ones out there where people have to pay you money, or you put it in front of an important building that you know a lot of people are going to go to, you can also clear out hazards to get points or set your buildings off on those little side paths, yeah. which give you more actions as well when you land on them. So it's been well documented that in Euro game styles that I don't like interaction. I've noticed that, yeah. This, though, because it's so minor, you know, the most interaction might be that I have to take an extra movement just to get to a building because yeah. you built in front of it. Or if you're going to tax me, Okay, I got to pay you one, maybe two coins just to move through. And a lot of times, because the way the path is, I can move around your building. Or, you know, sometimes you can't avoid it. But, uh, you know, that, that interaction is there, but it's not in your face yeah, there. It's more, it's, and I it's, guess it's more indirect. And right. it's, a, it's a minor, it's like a, like a tweak versus like a it doesn't stop that. you from doing anything where it's like, oh, now I can't do the, I, this whole thing I planned. Now I'm. Now I can't do any of it. It's just it doesn't it hurts you a little bit, right? Um, I think this game really brings out too is where you want to do so many different things, mm -hmm. and you just really need to be efficient. Though you got to think, okay, what do I really need to do this time through the path, or my next two or three actions? What do I need to do? Yeah, you want to stop at every building and build this great big giant engine that you're. Rolling yeah, through, but I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Like, and you yep. can't do all those things. Yep. And then at the end of the game, I'm like, well, I just want to play again because I want to try a different strategy or I want to do yep. better with that strategy. You know, it's really has that. I know playing with my wife, uh, me, Michael, all three of us, four player. Just every time, it's like I want to play again. Mm -hmm. Like I want to play again. Exactly. That's the way I feel every single time. Where, like you said, either. I didn't do that that strategy well enough, so I want to try that again and do better. Or, all right, I did that well. Now I want to try, you know, going for my, you know, engineers and yep. and it's it's good at all the player counts too. You know, whether it's you know I played it two, three, four a lot of times, and every one of them is is a fun game, so it scales well. Yeah, I think. I we can talk a little bit about the expansion. I've played yeah. it three times or so. I think you guys have each played a couple times. But uh, I want to I want to say I know one for sure. I don't think I played it. Twice. But yeah, the uh, Rails to the North expansion I think is excellent. It brings me a game that I love and I'd love it even more. It adds more replayability for me and I think you, when you play with the expansion, you do have to dabble in it at least a little bit, I think. I mean, I don't know. I haven't played it enough and I haven't completely ignored it or anything. I, I don't know 
I don't know if that's true because I know when we played, uh, Aaron didn't touch it at all, and I think he took second place. I think you you blew everyone away, and I think he was in second place because I know he mentioned that, you know, he really liked it because it's there, but you don't. But you don't have, have to. to. It yeah. doesn't force you to have to use that Rails of the North part of it. Yeah, I feel like you need to utilize it a little bit though. I mean, I, I haven't played it enough to know that i played like the base game 30 almost 40 times this base yeah i think you can ignore it for the most part you know maybe a little bit more than some of these other things out there um, but it's not something you you have to do otherwise you're not going to yeah. be able to succeed in the right. game you can still be competitive with but it's yeah. really cool how it switches up the delivery system and uh all the different bonuses you get when you start branching out up there with yeah the branch yeah so it you know, because it gives you more options with the branchlets and obviously a, a lot more locations to actually deliver to. So, it, yeah. you know, it just expands your options, mm-hmm. which way you want to go. Do you want to stay on the, the normal track? Or are you going to shoot up and go up? Yeah. it uh, Go up to Green Bay or something. Nice. You know, that's in there, so. Yep, yep. It's one that you can add to. Once you've played the base game, I'd say three, four times, you can add that in because it, it adds enough, like... Depth-wise, but rules complexity, it's not bad at all. Yeah, it's already... no more complex than than the rest of the game and that. I think it's one, it, it's definitely good. I, I enjoy it um, the couple times I've played it. It's not something you have to have, but it's a it's a plus. I wouldn't need to play it every time, but I've, I've enjoyed the ones I've played with, and I definitely want to play it again with that to just to, you know, try it out a little bit more and, you know, play some different strategies with that involved. Mm-hmm. So I guess a couple cons for the game for me would be or maybe for other people, is it's overwhelming at first glance. You see all those icons on the board, and you're just like, uh, what? Yeah. I know the first time we had played at uh, CincyCon, I was like, I had no clue what was going on, but I loved it the whole time, and right after it, I pre-ordered it, because I think it was already out of print, so I had to order it. Yeah, I think you pre-ordered it at the table. Pretty much, right, as we were, like, cleaning up the game <laughs> yeah. and i think you know so that you know you order it you know that was like a conference you still order it right away so i think and i know on my first play too like there's a ton of different stuff so i don't know what to do but i could tell very early that i was gonna like that game it's just yeah it takes maybe a play but it, it's it's overwhelming that there's so many different things to do but especially if you play the board the you know, this the initial setup version where things kind of flow a lot easier so it's yeah. easier to do that kind of helps where, you know, kind of, you know, the limited number of spaces, I think, helps, you know, so that you're not too overwhelmed where just taking 20 minutes to to do a move. Um, so I don't think that's, you know, too much of a negative. No. Because once you play a game, you got a pretty decent idea. Maybe you're not great at it yet, but you got a good idea of how to play in that. Yeah, so. it's something to be aware of that there's a lot of little nuances in learning the rules yeah. in that first play yeah. and jumping into that type of thing. Yeah, it's a little heavier, but you know, yeah. as long as you're comfortable with a little bit heavier game, yeah, I think uh, that, you won't have a problem with it. That tar- target audience is that medium-heavy Euro that you can play many, many times and find new tra- strategies to try and explore, and I think you're really going to like this one. Mm-hmm. And one last shout-out I want to give is I think the rule book for this is excellent. Uh, it's laid out really well. I read through it, and I I was completely comfortable teaching and playing the game. Yeah, it's always, always a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, so our last play, because you blew us away, and everyone can kind of see it. 
So we, we kind of had the same thing with Anachrony where... I blew everyone away again. Because you've played it... Yeah, yeah. More, yeah. <laughs> so I guess, you know, hopefully we don't keep seeing that because I don't like seeing you win. Well, you guys got to get better. That's the problem. Is it is it just that or is it because you've played it so much you're, you're able to see those strategies a lot faster? Well, I think obviously right now it's a little easier for me, but I think after 10 plays I haven't gotten that much better. You know what I mean, type of thing. Once you play, okay, five ten times, you're just an observation. I think you know playing more, you know, definitely will help with this game. But you know, part of it is just you know people playing a particular game poorly, and you know, I think the main thing is you just got to be efficient in this game instead right. of just falling into that. I want to do a little bit of everything. I want to just do everything. You got you just really have to be efficient. Yeah, and you you can kind of see that where it. If you're not as efficient, you can kind of get, not that you get punished, but you can you can really yeah. tell an end game. I've had that a, a few games where a few games in a row where I was trying to do too much. Like I want to you know, stop at all these spots. Like you can stop at a good amount of, but you can't be stopping at everything because just taking you so long to get through, and you're not like you said, not being efficient. That last like, time we had played uh, when we played with the expansion, we actually had a dual win. We tied. Oh, oh that's, that's right. Yeah. Oh. So. Actually, there is no tiebreaker because it's just, there's so much scoring. They just have it where it's dual win. It's a so. true dual win. So it's not a negative for me, but maybe that's just because I'm the one blowing you guys away. So. Yeah, and it's not really, I can't really say it's a negative, but it's just, you know, like I said, an observation. With a few more plays, you know, if you keep blowing us out by a huge margin, you know, then it might be like, why do I want to? Yeah, I don't oh, yeah. like it when you win games, Ryan. So that's it's <laughs> yeah. Most anybody else, you know, I don't mind getting blown out, but you know, that's it's a little I think, different. I think the main thing is just efficiency, like yeah. real yep. efficiency in this one for real oh, yeah. good strategy. So all right, so um, I guess finally, what uh, what would you guys give this as a rating? First handful of times I played it, I would say I gave it a nine. The more I'd played it. And it gave me those different pros that we had talked about with the strategies and the variability. I think it was nine and a half, teetering on a ten. And then once I got that expansion and played it, I think it solidified it from like a, a mucky, gooey ten to like a solid ten now. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, wow, a perfect ten. That's perfect ten for me. Really, it's amazing. one that uh, twenty plays ago, and now I like it just <laughs> as much or even like more. It's it's yeah. not like it's one of those where I played so much that not getting burned out exactly i'm not burnt out at all wow that's just a 10 perfect 10 something that doesn't exist for aaron nope yeah 10 is just absolutely ridiculous i only gave it a 9.5 so <laughs> garbage yeah just garbage trash game. game yep so it's, it's definitely it's one of my favorite games you know so it's yeah i have no com you know really no serious complaints about it and just mm-hmm. i just love you know how well balanced and like the way you can do that just it, Really appeals to me, and you can never, you're ne- you never get bored playing it because there's so many different ways you can do it. And I think a good sign of a game is you always want to play again right away. So I think that yeah. really you know makes you want to come back to it constantly. It really feels different from anything else too. Yeah, a lot of similar is a similar type of game, but in a similar type of game has that uniqueness to it. It's just how many mechanics are in there and how it all came together is just I don't know. It's just the incredible. design of it is just mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm going to bring you guys down. Oh, no. Going nine, huh? One, yep. two. I, <laughs> I, it's between, so it's like a 
8.5 leaning towards a 9. So I'd say probably a 9 at this point. You know, it's... Um, what if I keep blowing you out? Is it going <laughs> drop it, plummeting? Well, see, if you keep winning, it's fine. But if it's, you know, if you're winning by 100 points every game, it's, you know... The more you play it, the better you'll get. I've played it quite a few. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> yeah, you've probably played it close to 10 times. Maybe the next time you play without me. That could help it. I feel that about a lot of games. If I don't I was, play with Ryan, yeah, I yeah. like it a lot more. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I feel that way too, but I'm stuck playing with me. Yeah, that's too bad. You stole my thunder there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I enjoy this game a lot. We obviously talked about it already. All the different things going on. You know, you can go for certain strategies and still feel competitive throughout most of the time, depending on if you're playing with Ryan or not. But uh, yeah, it's it's really solid. I will say that Michael and my wife do beat me relatively often. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that, I think that helps, you know, why it's a 9.5 <laughs> is that it's the game that you're really good at, but I can still beat you. Not all the time, but, you know, yeah. often enough that I can. So that that that's a plus for me. That's a big plus. Sarah um, kicks my butt two-player when she goes to cow strategy because then I'm, like, determined to go one of the other ones and, like, I don't know, it's just... Does she go just straight cows or does Not she... always. She she goes engineers or trains once in a while and hazards and a lot of okay. objects. She mixes it up. She doesn't really go builders a lot, but she does all the other ones. So what is your favorite strategy? My favorite one yeah. in games is always the ones that's the hardest to do. So it feels okay. like a like a real challenge then. Especially when we're playing not always when we're playing four player, because it's easier for me, I feel, to do better because the other People aren't as experienced, so they're going slower through the trail. Okay. But I think the builder one is the funnest for me because that build up to those awesome buildings yeah. with a powerful action. Yeah, you have to do a lot of planning for that to see, well, which, because you can upgrade, you know, each building, like, it's tougher to get the higher ones, so mm-hmm. you got to continually upgrade and kind of plan out, like, which ones you're going to build and then upgrade. And yeah, I agree, there's a lot more to that one. Yeah. Just a, the more difficult strategy, I'd but say. But then I like doing the, the cows and the deliveries and the train. I like zipping that train along and getting that to the end of the track is real satisfying. I think that's one of the, the best things about the game is, like, there's not necessarily one, you know, strategy that I prefer the most, mm-hmm. like, or you either. Like, it's, you like all of them, so it's tough to even bring it down to just yeah. one, even though there's so such varied different ways to go about it. So I know you're... You're obviously a huge Fister fan. Yep. Is this your favorite game that he's designed? With the expansion, so without the expansion, I think Mombasa might have been just a smidgel higher. Okay. I think with the expansion, I think this one's just a tad more replayable, I think. So it might be just a little higher. There's a l- so maybe little like more a smidgel higher than that. Yeah, I think now one this smidgel? Is, it's hard. It depends on my mood. I think I like this a little bit more now. It's kind of oh, yeah. back and forth. Depends on the day kind of thing. Yeah. So is it Great Western Trail, Mombasa, one, two games of all time for you? No. Or are they not? Okay. They're close. They're in my top ten. I don't I don't know what my top ten is right now. Okay. Like the order. Well, but they're real close. You need to have that at all times. Up in there. <laughs> I need a, a daily, hourly update on... You know what your top ten is when it's moving. You know so yeah. Kind of like so the work stock on that. Exchange. Yep, there you yeah, go. It's got yep. a ticker. You know, yeah. get a notification if it falls two uh, two <laughs> spots. Well, we better move on before uh, the whole episode is us talking about this game. Right. So if that wraps up our review of Great Western Trail, let's move on to 
our review of Heaven and Ale. Heaven and Ale was designed by Michael Kiesling and Andreas Schmidt and published by Egertspiel in 2017. It plays two to four players in 60 to 90 minutes. In Heaven and Ale, you have been assigned to lead an ancient monastery and its brewery. You travel around the board with everyone competing for the same limited resources. You must carefully plan your resource placement within your cloister. The monastery at the end of the game with the most points is the winner. During the game, players will be traveling around a track collecting resources, monks, scoring markers, as well as grabbing valuable objective barrels along the way. They place resources and monks on their player board. Once a shed has been encircled by resources and monks, they get bonuses in either money, brewmaster movement, or resource markers climbing up the production track. The game will end after a certain number of rounds based on the player count. Points are accumulated, and the player with the most is victorious. So, first of all, what did you think of the production quality in Heaven and Ale? It's pretty good. We're going to hammer the uh, player boards, I'm sure. Yeah, it's kind of that same thickness as uh, the Great Western Trail player boards, where it's it's not, like, bad, but it's just you want that little bit thicker so it, yeah. it's not flimsy when you wiggle it around. Yeah, yeah it's a little bigger player board, you know, so it... It's not something where you're knocking all the time, you know. But if you do move it, you know that can it can be tough to know exactly where that yeah. resource was. So that can kind of mess things up if I don't, you do bump it. I don't think it ever would be or has been a problem, but it's no. yeah. It's a it's a bigger map too, mm-hmm. so maybe that helps it because it doesn't it, slide as it much doesn't as, slide as much. Yeah. yeah, the bigger it is. The coins for me <laughs> or the money. It's everyone talks about it every time we play that game. Yeah, every time it's brought up. So you get the there's ones, fives, and tens. The ones are little coins. They're you know cardboard, you know thick enough. It's fine. And then the fives and tens are like little plastic. Yeah, it's know, like really currency. good quality cards, like cardboard or plastic yeah. type cards. But why are the what? fives and tens that way, and then ones yeah. the other way? Like it's, it's I guess that really is really odd. There's still one way or the other. Left, but yeah, yeah, and. They're not super quality. I think it's it's one where it, it's like you say it's brought up every single time because it's just it, it's odd when you see it. Yeah, it's They're like, not bad quality. It's just, no. It's one of the only games where like the denominations. I mean, I know in real life they're different, but it's like why why what what's going on here? I gotta change this in for a yeah. card, and I take the circles for. I think the artwork is kind of ugly. If you look at some of the monks. I like the that. The, the monks, they, <laughs> I, it, they look it, very monkey. Like, you know, middle-aged monks. So I kind of like that part of it. No, you know, they kind of fit the the, the whole Theme. style. Oh, they fit the style of the game. It's like, who are these guys? It's That's how they looked back in the Middle Ages. Well, that's... what's with the one guy? Look at his hair there. He's got... The guy with the... He looks like he's got a toupee. <laughs> like, almost, like, shaved at the top of his <laughs> head. Shaved at the thing. top. And oh, the circle around it. Like the Friar Tuck look? That's what, that's what monks did. That's historical. You know, I, I don't mind it. I mean, it's it's kind of zany. Yeah, it's not, like, but, horrible artwork, and it's it's charming in its own little way for me. Right, but right, right. I don't like it. I, I kind of like it. The yeah, I don't, it's not I great, it. but I I kind of like it. You know, it's it's colorful enough. I really like the uh, the box cover. Like that's my favorite part of the art. The other stuff, it's, it's pretty good. Definitely, um, I agree. I like yeah, the box cover really catches I, my eye. You know, because it it has like an off stained glass look to it. So I think that's kind of the way they went with everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Doesn't it feel like everyone's head looks weird on their body though? If you kind of look. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm grabbing at something. I guess yeah. there's nothing there. But <laughs> yeah, you're just, trying. You're trying. I like what's it's taste. I guess I like what you like say that. though, Tim. It's kind of like that stained glass. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's you know when you look at everything else, that's the, the kind of the direction they went with the whole art style. Look at that guy's smile though, like the one monk. I, I yeah. That's the guy that looks like he's got he's, a toupee on. It's a little, little goofy. The monks are they're brewing beer. They're they've had a few of them, so they got the other guy's eyes like goofy half faces on it. It's, just, it's awesome. This is make, gonna make a lot more sense if you you could see the monks. So you know. yeah, but you know, no, I I like it. Uh, what do you think of the theme for this one? Uh, um, there's it. It's not really. Like a staple, like when a stapler doesn't actually work, the staple just goes in and falls out right away. That's kind of what it's like for me. I don't remotely feel yeah. anything. I'm not. Yeah, like I don't know what kind of glue or paste. I don't. I don't know how, how that works, but there's like no theme for me. Like no. when you're getting these resources, it doesn't feel like I'm getting yeast or hops or any of that water. It, it's it's not like brew crafters when I'm making this beer. That feels. Right, you really this feel like you're nothing. you're brewing beer. You're at a brewery, which yeah. that's great. This one, like, it's just here. I'm getting the blue resource. I'm getting the yellow resource, and I never feel like I'm brewing beer in any way. Yeah, it's almost so. absurd how unthematic it is for me. <laughs> and I would like the yeah the you, theme too. That's like, probably like one of the things that drew I you like into beer. the game. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the biggest reasons I got it. Was like, oh, I heard the game was good. and It's about beer. Sweet. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, that's not what the feeling you get playing it for sure. No, cause even, you know, the whole moving around the board, you take your monk or yeah. worker, whatever it is, and you, you know, you jump ahead as far as you want it thematically. No, there's nothing. No. It's, if you're looking yeah. for a you're thematic closing game, sheds. keep going. What does that have to do with the brewing beer? Like, <laughs> I'm putting resources all around yeah, the shed and then the I get shed and points for like what? Points and money for it. Yeah, it's... So, so move along. Yeah, so... Move along, please. So, with that, uh, uh, gameplay. What are your thoughts on that? Gameplay? So, the first time I played it, I was... I got a little frustrated with it in the fact that it got to like the last turn and I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but it seemed like everyone else was trying to do it. So they were jump. I was, I jumped way ahead to try to get it and I was watching other people slowly move along. So I understand it was my first play of it and I didn't get it, but my second play of it was a lot better because I understood, okay, I've got to kind of build myself up a little more. Uh, I, I do like games that have that mechanic where you have the entire board as your options. So you can jump ahead the whole thing, but whatever you skip over, other people can kind of take their time and move along. I, I really like that. Yeah, so I guess, you know, how the, the game works, you have your, whatever, your worker that you move ahead, and you can, you can move the entire board. So you can move it all the way to the end if you wanted for some reason, or you can go along slowly. So you can really jump up as move as far as and as short as you want to get the things you need to. Um, and you're right. I mean, it's especially that last round, it's it's very cutthroat as far as I need to get these things, but yeah. everyone's trying to get like, so do I do I go slow and try to get these things, or do I jump way ahead mm-hmm. and try to get this that I really need? And there's limited those scoring discs those purple scoring discs are very important and especially in that last round especially with higher player counts 
you know, the three, you know, especially four players, those are so important and you can't miss out on them. But also, like, if you go into them right away, you're not going to get as many points. So it's such, like, excruciating decisions (laughs) at the end as far as, oh, if he doesn't do this, it's great. But if someone does take it, that is devastating. Yeah, you really... You really got to pay attention to what the other players are doing. And, okay, is he going to go for these tiles, this disc, or this monk? And pay attention. Are they going to grab that? And then you yep. try to judge that on what you think you can get away with. And do you have a plan B? Like, all right, I want to go a little bit slower, but if someone jumps ahead, am I going to have to jump ahead? Otherwise, I'm just losing out on a ton of points. And this isn't a game where you score a lot. You just, 40 <laughs> points will win this game a lot yeah. of times. So. <laughs> If you lose out on, you know, by not getting some of those discs at the end, you could lose out on 10, 15 points. So that's a huge, huge thing. So I, that's one, th- you know, that mm-hmm. last round is just, it's tough. Yeah. I've listened to some other podcasts and some people talking about this game and whatnot, and there's plenty of people who score zero points in the game. <laughs> it's, it's possible. Because yeah. what you're doing, like when you're... Especially your first play. Yeah, when you're but getting those that. resources, you know, you close the sheds to move up, so you have five different resources. You have to move all of them up. You also have a brewmaster you move up. And how the scoring at the end, it's a little, I guess a little funky or unique scoring where you you start with your resources. So the lowest one is your kind of your base points, but your brewmaster is also up there. So your brewmaster, the higher he is, Two things. One, it's kind of an exchange rate. So you have all your resources. You count it based on your last one, but say you have one further ahead, depending on how far your brewmaster moved up, there's an exchange rate where you say you move the front one back three to move the back one up one. And you keep doing that up to whatever point marker you get. Say you get to five. And then you multiply that by, that's the other thing your brewmaster does. So say he's at a four, you multiply that five by four, you get 20. So what what can happen is if you don't get those resources up enough or if if you don't get your brewmaster up, you can get it where you don't get any points because you can't get your last resources up to the one or you can't get your brewmaster up to a one. So like it can be really punishing if you, especially on the first play, you don't exactly yeah. know how to play or you just play poorly. You get zero points and then there are, you can score in other ways. There's objectives those are barrels that you can get like that's really the only other way to score but you have to when you get those you don't just say you complete an objective you don't just get it there's only two spots on the board you have to go to it and then get those barrels and only the first two people get any points so mm-hmm. you could you know get locked out of that too so it, either zero or really low scoring games which that hurts <laughs> when that happens like you get on four points and yeah. someone else wins yeah. with 50 and I, I, I really like that scoring, how that works, that exchange rate. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know of any other games that really do it that I'm aware of. There might be. But like you said, the first game you play, if you don't quite understand that, it can just kill you. But, you know, when you know what you're doing and you know how the scoring works, it's uh, it's kind of a cool thing to see. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And even when you know what you're doing, it's not easy to get those up there right. either. It's a lot of work to get all those up there so that that helps a lot like so, i love that scoring too so. so how does that works where your player board's split in half right so in the shaded side is that yeah the shaded side is like you when you get a resource it's a certainly you know, a one to five coin or dollars that it will cost if you take that it's that cost so it's take a four coin one you put on the the shaded side 
it costs you four, and when you enclose those or score on those, you get money. If you put them on the light side, it costs double, and you're getting points on those. That's what moves up your yeah moves production up your resources. Your resources. Yep. resources. Yep. So point not points, but yeah, it moves up your resources, moves up, and then helps each you of them ratio. Move your brewmaster as well. So it's it, money is tight, especially early in the game. It can be until you you, you can get a money you know, you know engine kind of going there, but money can be very tight, and you're so you're deciding. Well, do I want to get a little cheaper? You know, I'll put on the dark side and get eventually get money out of this so I can do more stuff, or do I want to go for points? So that it's really tough decisions you have to make as far as where do you put those resource yeah. markers. Yeah, I think both you guys hit it on the head right away, especially you, Tim, when the main thing for me in this game is it's so tough, frustrating, and punishing Like mm-hmm. every time I play. But in a good way, actually. That's what keeps me coming back to the game. Um, I think there's a really good puzzle. I like the uh, when you get in the resources, there's a puzzle of what resources, monks, and scoring discs you want to grab, and when, and when to go for those barrels before someone else, and achieve achieve those objectives. I think the uh, puzzle of placing those resources for money or moving the production out on the board and enclosing those the sheds. The sheds. Yeah. I really like that a lot because obviously the lower, the higher number you do gives you different benefits. The lower number. Is going to move your brewmaster up a lot, mm-hmm. where the higher numbers is going to get you more of either coins or the production. Yeah. And the middle numbers obviously give you less bonuses, yeah. but I really like that. And then the monks are super powerful, especially if you can get a few of them out there and it enclose them where you get a lot of stuff when you... Yeah, because those monks, they basically will activate whatever they're next, next to. to. So first couple plays, I didn't realize like how powerful those can be. If you got to do it right, so those aren't easy to, to use... But yeah, just the kind of the the balance you have to have as far as moving those resources and brewmaster up to kind of maximize your points. And one thing that you know, with some of those, like, there are some other games where the lowest resource, you know, the lowest farthest thing back will be what scores points. But this one isn't one where if there's one that's a little further behind, you can still move it up with that mm-hmm. when you balance at the end. And if you get one that goes up further, it isn't useless to move one way ahead. Because it's still like that's just you know you're you're moving it back and that that can help and you get to a certain point you actually get to the end of the track you get money for it so it's not useless to do it I mean you want to try to keep it as balanced as possible but you're not just wasting your time by getting some of these these extra mm. it's always satisfying putting those things out on your player board too and you kind of look at that it's always fun little tile placement yeah. games when you're doing that I think the uh, gameplay is super quick and really good for what you get out of the game. I really like that a lot. And it makes me want to play again after playing because generally this is one of those games I've only played like probably four times. I've somehow won once. But two of the games I just did awful. I barely mm-hmm. scored. Yeah. So it's like Maybe that's why I like it so much because you play awful. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I didn't think of that, but yeah, that's a <laughs> But that's a plus. But that is one of the pros for me too. Is I'm so bad at it. I want to do better. Yeah, it, it brings you back. It's a real. It it's really a punishing tough game, and yeah. it can be frustrating. But for me, some games that's a negative. But in this one, it's a good thing. Yeah, I think too because everyone's getting punished in a sense. So you know, it's not like well, I made a bad move and now I'm just getting hosed over. It's kind of everyone's fighting over the same tiles. So it's not like one person's getting pounded on you know like you said earlier michael that 
it is a low-scoring game. So even if yep. you score zero or three points, you know, you might get beat by 40 points, and that's that's the win. But it's not one where, like, there's a runaway leader. You know, you know, a round in who's going to win because it's a lot. there's a lot of that scoring in the later end because it takes you a while to get those objectives. It takes you a while to start really getting your resources up higher on those sheds so that that last round can be very important because you can, you know, if you can get the exact scoring discs you need to and move up, that can get you a lot more points. And if someone just can't quite get what they need or the right resources and come out, they can be hurt by it. So, it, you know, the game can fluctuate there. I mean, you know, if you're not playing well, I mean, you can be, be behind and be in a lot of trouble, but, you know, it's... It's not like where someone's, you know, they're just crushing everybody and just right. destroying you. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if the score looks like that at the end. I do want to, uh, at some point, I want to try like a just a barrel points only strategy, not even worry about the stress of moving the, up that production track and the so brewmaster and just works. go ballistic with the barrels. It would be interesting to see if that, you know, if it's a competitive strategy. Well, I think it definitely could. I mean, especially if you get that bonus thing where each of your barrels... The barrels scores an extra point too. Okay. Because it's yeah, so yeah. low scoring game. Yeah. Because yeah, because each of those, you know, if you you're the first person to get an objective, you can get four points plus the one bonus that'd be five points. All those different barrels. I mean, that's a lot of points, and it, it's not something where you can actually do that because if other people are going for other things, one they're not going to get as many of those objectives, and even if they do, they may not want to waste a space going to that barrel scoring spot so you can rack up a ton of points that way with that strategy so that's definitely a possibility i think the tension is really good though like throughout the game is do i want to get what high number low number resources do i have enough money that's really tight and getting these monks enough scoring discs it's just really really like man what do i go for next um and moving your your player up too is that well do I want to jump ahead and get these things and you know, get what I really want? And there's still, a, you know, can be resources in front of me, mm-hmm. but then I'm letting someone behind me just get all the slowly resources, go. just slowly get everything, and so that can be advantage to them. So it's, you know, tough decisions about how you want to approach each round. You know, there's, you know, three to six rounds depending on the player count, uh, but each of them can be a very different kind of experience too. Yeah. I think a couple cons for people could be because it is so punishing and hard to do well at. That might be a real turnoff for some people. Yeah. I think yeah. I would like the barrel variability to be different. I think it's the same ones each game. I'd like yeah, that to be changed up. That's one of my up. biggest cons is like the objective barrels. It's the same exact. I don't remember even how many there are, like sixteen or eighteen so, or something like that. But however many, it's the same exact ones every time. So I wish that would be variable yeah. for it. maybe either have some additional ones or maybe use a few less them, but use, have them count a few more points um, yeah. to kind of make up for that. I think they had announced there's an expansion likely coming out later this year. They haven't said anything about it or anything like that. Yeah, but. I, I thought I heard something about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what that does and, yeah. and adds. Absolutely. So I, I agree with you. I wish there were more of the barrel scoring, you know, variability. My only other con would be the, the random tiles I could put onto the board. So you might be, you might need a certain thing to help your brewcrafter move up or however it can work. But, uh, you know, say in the last round, if none of the... The certain number. That, that can yeah, be frustrating. The like blue certain numbers water that, ones Yeah, blue ones. Or I need a high number. I need fives or ones and they just not out. There's only right. one of them. So I guess the randomness of 
yeah. those tiles coming out. You know, it, it it's I'm bringing it up as a negative, but really I don't see it that no. bad. But it other people could see could, that yeah. as a bigger, we're, bigger yeah. Negative. We're on your last round, like all right, I need you know a couple more of these yellow ones to move this up, whatever the yellow even is. But and you don't get that, like well now what am I gonna do? Right. But mm-hmm. you know that's a part of you know playing. So I don't. I, I see what you're saying on that. I I kind of agree that it's not necessarily a. Yeah, it's not one for me, negative. but I could see it. Yeah, there but was. It could be frustrating. Yeah. There has been a couple times though in the last round. It's like all right, I needed a one, and it was like one in the whole thing, and it's like and the at first, the end of the track or something. The first person the moves first and person takes it right it, away. Yeah, and it's like well, so I played it at all player counts. I think with two, it feels super quick. Like like whoa, last round already. It's almost over. I mean, it's quick with three and four as it is, but with two. I agree. Like it feels very quick with it, and the other difference I think on two-player count is that there's some extra scoring discs on that last round, so you're not feeling as rushed, I guess, on that last round to yeah. get to the scoring disc because there's I believe there's eight of them in a two-player game that last round. Because there's less rounds, they have more of them. Versus a four-player game, there's only six scoring discs, so. You're only gonna, you know, maybe get one or two, so they're so important to get. So it feels very different feels in the last round, and yeah, so that's uh, definitely something I've noticed on those. It plays Not that different. it's a bad thing. Yeah, I like it at all the player yeah. counts. It's just it feels a little bit different on each of those, especially late in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I guess what would you, what do you guys have for ratings on this? I think I would give it probably eight, eight and a half. It's one of those games. I'm really bad at it, and I really like it for that reason. That's one of the reasons I really like it, and it keeps me coming back and wanting to do better. Yeah, I like that trade. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've, I've done well one game, two games. I just awful, and I'm like, I, I need to play this again. Like, I was so bad. Yeah. I'm not this bad. I can do better. Yeah, and I think if I get to play it enough, I want to try the barrel-only strategy a few times just to see how that works. Yeah. But... But yeah, I, I, I really like it. I like moving your whatever that is. Your, if that's your you, if that's <laughs> you moving around collecting all the resources and stuff. I like putting the tiles out and how the scoring works. And it's very tense. And it's a tough game. And I like it for that reason. So yeah, eight, eight and a half. And I'm excited to see what the expansion adds. Mm-hmm. Tim? Yeah, I'm, I'm real close to you. I'd have a, a solid eight. The only thing that could bump it up is if maybe if the tiles weren't so random but otherwise you know i i said earlier i like the the movement of your your person getting it you mentioned the how tense it is i like that too because i might move up and get one thing and it's like I, you're you're almost sweating i was just, just going to ask you does this game give you the sweats when you you're like you're sitting there with your head down looking like yeah. at the spot you want to go to hoping nobody gets there by the time it's your turn right, i'm like, trying to ah. avoid i'm trying to avoid looking at the spot i want yep. to go to yeah, yeah. And i'm just sitting there like eh, no okay my turn especially okay, with what four I wanted. people you're like please don't go there please yeah. it's <laughs> it's always too because the person in front of you will move and you're like, oh yeah, and you you like start to reach out, and they're like, oh wait, 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 and then you start like panicking a little bit. <laughs> yeah. like, no, yeah. you have to go there. <laughs> no, 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 let no. your finger off. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know that's that's right where it's at for me, right, right. Nice, out. good, sweaty so, game. Yeah, good, sweaty, but but in a good way. Yeah, good sweats. Good, yeah, I'm gonna give it a a, a very solid eight point five. You know, getting towards nine. You know, from everything we've said, just the, the kind of the uniqueness of it, the the score. I really love you know the scoring with the the resources and the. Uh, the brewmaster is 
it's a lot of fun, you know, trying to just trying to make that work and sometimes you can be very close to getting right and sometimes you get it just right where yeah. and there's a big difference between them depending on what you know and a lot of things you know where other people go um what you do how you plan it you know if you planned your money out correctly so yeah a lot of things to go into with that i think that's the one thing that stops me from trying or wanting to try the barrel strategy is just that all the other scoring works with the brewmaster and yeah, the production is so, so unique fun. and fun yeah. and challenging that you want to keep doing it you don't want to miss so, out yeah, yeah. Like, kind of want to try the barrels but because those wanna, are just yeah. objectives those are not yeah it's yeah. fun to do that's a boring game I don't, yeah i'll try it this way all right if that wraps up our review of heaven and ale it is now time for our top 10 games from 2017 dun 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 yeah usually we segue into it a little bit i got absolutely nothing well how'd you make your list i i just <laughs> looked through all of the games that i've ever played okay Found any game from 2017 that you played in 2017, or that was published in 2017. <laughs> that it was published in 2017. Okay, that's that's what I did. Okay, Michael. Michael. It's I did things a little bit differently. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I did it exactly the same way. Okay. Just okay. games that were published in 2017. You know, let's pull up my list from Board Game Geek, and uh, all right, these are the games I've played. I have over 10, so I can make this list. Sweet. <laughs> Do you think this was a good year for games? I think they're all good years for okay. games. But yeah, I do. I haven't played quite as many games from 2017 as I would have liked. Played. Couldn't you say that about literally everything? Yeah, I think. <laughs> so thanks for that. Yeah, 2000, <laughs> depth analysis. 13 <laughs> through 15, I'd played a lot more, but I still played quite a few yeah. from this year. And there's a lot of them that I do enjoy and a lot of good ones that are off the list. Yeah. I think it's probably the most, you know, the year I've played the most games and definitely the one I've played the most games that I liked. Quite a bit, so it's kind of some years I wouldn't be able to do a top ten, or if I did, like I hate this game. I rated a two, and it's on my top ten because yeah, I've played ten games or not even played ten, so a little you know, a little easier to at least come up with a list for Mm me. So should we start with our number ten, or should we roll a d ten and then just uh, (sighs) grab bag around, do a little mixtape? Sounds like just an awful, awful awful idea. Yep, yep. So are we gonna do that or? That's not mixtape. In honor of Aaron. <laughs> okay, so my number 10 is Downforce. Really? That low? Like low as in high or low as in... <laughs> like you thought it'd be higher on my list? I thought it was going to be higher on your list. Really? You were confused about what he thought low meant? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Tim we're talking about, too. So I, you gotta. I guess, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He talks in riddles sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, as soon as he said it, I'm glad you, you know, stepped up. Because I, I got confused for a second. Like, I thought it was pretty clear about what that was, right? <laughs> so, I really like it. It's my number 10, so... Uh, I'm not saying you don't... Or? Not saying yeah, you it's, uh, it's a pretty easy uh, racing game. You're kind of bidding for your cars in the beginning, and then everyone gets one or two cars and then you're racing around the track and then you hit a couple betting lines and then you bet on who you think is going to win the race and then the end game scoring is how your personal car does as well as the money that you spent to get your car you subtract that and also add how your betting went with the car that you bet on how that placed so i like how that works you're not just going for your car you're also going for the cars that you bet on and hoping the same people bet on that one 
shooting that one up. Plays quick, under an hour, really. I know the first time we played it, we probably played it like four or five times in a row that one night. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and I, I think that's, with the short play time, that's kind of what makes this game work. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, I wouldn't want this a long game. Yeah, I wouldn't no. either. Because, you know, a lot of times you don't even bet on your own car, or you might right yeah. away. But a lot of times what we see is once one car shoots way up, everyone's betting on that car. You might once in a while have someone take a off bet, and then a car might come back and win, and kind of make it kind of interesting at the end. But it's not as fun when everyone's betting on that car that's yes, in the first, same on the first betting line. It's, yeah. as I said, there's at least a couple cars. It, yeah, because when you when you play those cards, like you can move multiple other cards. So you're trying to think, well, I want to move help me a lot, help maybe who I'm betting, but also like, you know, put it so that. Other people aren't moving up, so it's kind of a nice like picking yeah, which you card block, you play each time. You, you move the car so you can kind of block, block other people off. You have to follow the order on the card, but you can move them how you want. Yeah. One complaint I have is I wish the car is actually rolled. <laughs> the wheels don't roll. I guess I never thought of that. Um, <laughs> kind of complaint, but okay, yeah, it's yeah, it's a non non issue, but I guess the car is just rolling around the track. Yeah, the first time, like everyone picked up the cars and we're like trying to roll them and they weren't. <laughs> Good. Who are you playing with that was trying to roll you guys? Was I, don't, I don't remember rolling cars. I remember someone picking up the car and just trying to start spinning the wheels and like move it on the board. It was probably Johnny. And then they pick up and you know throw the game down and leave or something after they're done. Because I could just see someone walking by like bumping the table and all the yeah, cars, cars just start rolling. That's part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Earthquake. Yeah, so that is my number 10, Downforce. So Michael, why don't, uh, why don't you give us your number 10? Well, my number 10 is a game, it's a racing game. It's called Downforce. Really? So, right. um... Tim, you're number 10. All right, well, that's my input. Uh, on to Tim. My number 10 is not a racing game. It is Is a... it Downforce? Oh, no. wait. No, that was... No, that was that's you. a racing game. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. No, uh, my Can we get game? Aaron back on here? <laughs> yeah. Please? I'm, wait. I'm, I'm trying to get through this as fast as I can. Okay. Just to, yeah. My number 10 is a game of survival where you're trying to survive a war-torn city. And that is This War of Mine. I don't think you've played it. I have not played. Okay. So we've talked about it a few times on here. It's made a few other lists. But basically you control survivors. I think you start the game with three survivors. And you are... You have this house that you're kind of digging through the rubble of the house. You're getting different equipment. You're you're basically trying to build this house up to live in. You get different, you know, you can make a bat or a chair or a guitar, a stove, you know, different just stuff okay. to survive it. Well, then in the night phase, you will actually send your survivors out to try to uh, get supplies and bring it back. So you might send them to a supermarket. But... Throughout this, you're getting different encounters. So depending on the encounters, you read this big book of scripts. It gives you kind of some options to do. So for instance, one of them, I kind of went to a supermarket and there was a kid laying there with a backpack. So you had the option, do you just leave him be or do you maybe try to take his backpack, see what he has? So I I can't remember what we did. If we actually went over and try to grab his backpack and then you realize he's dead so then you like take a morale hit because oh, you're you, first trying to take from a little kid yeah. take his backpack and then he's dead like, yeah wow that's something along those lines Oof. so so it is it's a heavy game not as 
complexity-wise, but just the story of it. You know, the different okay. things that are happening to you and and so on through it. So Yeah, it's one I really enjoy. I want to play it again because I just played it that one time, but I really yeah. did like it. And yeah, it's, uh, it's cool going through those different scenarios and yeah. all the stuff that you run into. Trying to keep everyone's morale up. Morale, and then they, they end up leaving because they didn't have cigarettes to smoke and then kill themselves the yeah. guy hung himself and yeah. oh sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> some raiders raided the house and beat a guy up and wounded him and, and a nice light-hearted yeah. game you know play okay family game that's my number 10 this war of mine my number nine is a game by renegade games and it is wendake tim i don't believe you played this one michael I you played it once one time okay. yeah I really like it. Uh, I want you guys to play it. I want to play it. <laughs> Pick it. It's got not really area control, but kind of a little bit where you're trying to get your workers on the spots and like your fighters help you control the area, protect you basically, to collect the resources in those spots. It's got a lot of different things going on. One thing I really like is the, the scoring. Is There's two different sets of two tracks and basically whichever your lowest disc on is one set of two that's your one of your scores so say you're at 13 and 10 you score 10 and you look at the other set and say you're at 14 and 8 you score 8 yeah those two scores together that's your final score okay so that in this game you want to move up evenly on everything you move up on those tracks for quite a few different things but the one of the really interesting things as well is your player board you can look at it it's like a tic-tac-toe type grid it's like a three by three and you pick actions and it has to be either diagonal horizontal or vertical all three in a row so i really like that you got to plan out which action and there's ways you can manipulate that so once you slide off, was it? They will. So yeah. once you activate okay. those three actions, it'll flip over and it'll actually be a different action on the other okay. side. And it's all the same on that side. And then at the end of the round, your bottom three actions will slide off your player board. You can upgrade one of those to a better one, That's and right. then it goes to the top of your player board, yeah. and the other that one was, slide down. I remember, it's been a little while, but that was my favorite part of that game, yeah. those, those tiles you know, sliding off, and then, I don't know, would you know, try to you know, kind of combine it so that you can mix yep, those I really, Yep, I really like that, is this, how they slide off, how they flip, and picking the best actions, and, and you have to follow that three-in-a-row pattern. Yeah, I didn't have one on that on, that one on my list, um, because I just played it the one time, but it was one where I... It was kind of an honorable mention for me because I really think that when I play it more, that's going to get on my list. It's mm-hmm. just the one play I played a couple more times. To, it's to one of those it. that I'm always, it's in the back of my mind to pick or play. It just never quite makes it. Part of it is, well, there's so many good games, but then also it's not, the rules aren't that bad, but it, it's like, oh, if I haven't played it in a while, then i got to relearn the rules or refresh on it and yeah. teach it because hardly anyone's played it, so then i got to teach it to everybody. Yeah. But. Not like that's like a negative or anything, but that's just kind of the reason it hasn't got played more. Yeah, that's my number nine, Wendake. Sounds interesting. I like the. I think you'd like it. The theme is cool too. Yeah, and I that sounds really cool with the how the actions work and then yeah. they kind of mm-hmm. slide and upgrade. Yeah. My number nine is a first in a three-part series of games. Uh, it's by Plan B Games, Emerson Matsuchi. Uh, it's called Century Spice Road. Uh, you basically you have you know some. You know different spices, and you have there's you know, these cards in your hand and cards you're picking up that allow you to 
basically upgrade those spices. I think there's four different spices and those cards then allow you to upgrade them into better ones or get more of them. And basically with the goal of there's some, basically some goal point cards, once you've reached one of those, you can turn that in and get those points. Uh, it's a very, it's a super simple game. You can explain the rules in two minutes. You can explain it well in like four minutes. So, uh, but you know, simple game, you know, game that anybody can play. And it's, it's just you know, a lot of fun, you know, short game. It's kind of funny, you know, seeing like trying to figure out the right cards. So there's some thought to it. You're figuring out which cards to get, what kind of card are you going for and to kind of do those upgrades. So, yeah. Yeah, I really like it. We played it, I think, at Gamehole Con this past year, the first time. We played, like, the Gollum edition. It's the same thing, just different, little different it's like artwork same and exact components. game. Yeah. yeah, but just... I really enjoyed it. I remember we played uh, Eastern Wonder, yep. I think it's called, at yep. Origins last year. We, were demo- we actually played a full game. There was one little rule we weren't sure on, and the designer was behind us teaching someone else the game, and we were thinking about saying... I don't, just as like, yeah, I don't know if you know anything about this game, but can you help us out here? Yeah. Like, just, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun one. Uh, Spice Road is kind of similar to Splendor in a way. You're kind of building up a little set collection efficiency engine, and I really I like it. I like how it plays. Yeah, and it's a game you can. It's a good game for like say we're when we split split up into you know a couple of different games going on. Chances are one's going to get done. So if you have you know ten minutes, fifteen minutes, you can get that game in. So yeah, it's you, a nice little. You get a half hour or less. That's a good one to get in there and end of the night waiting between games and people to show up yeah or if you're not you know like all right my brain's a little tired like yep. i want to do some thinking but i don't want this long crunchy game so yep. something a little easier and again it's it's a game anybody can play so a good one to, to pick up that a lot of people i think will enjoy it mm-hmm. so I easily think, accessible i don't think i've actually played just straight century spice road i've played eastern wonder but i don't think i've played the other yeah. Either Gollum or it's, it's the yeah. same game. It's yeah, it's similar yeah. in that like you're still getting those spices and things, but you know, yeah. you're upgrading it. But that's it. I that's mean, not, yeah, you're not, not moving <laughs> that bolt thing across. Like well, gameplay is, is yeah, yeah gameplay is different. very different from it. And you can actually combine the two games together. I haven't. I've read the rules through yeah. it for yeah. it in like three minutes. Like so, it wouldn't be that tough. I just haven't played it yet with those two games combined. Basically, playing cards to either collect resources or upgrade them to basically fulfill recipes or yeah. objective cards on the top to get points. I I know about it. I just haven't had a chance to play it. Oh, that's my number nine. So, uh, Century Spice Road. My number nine is a game that we demoed at Origins. I'm just trying to think which oh. one it is. Okay, so yeah. it is. It's a worker placement. Or Euro style. So what I'm game. thinking of, I thought it would have been higher on your list, but really? keep going. Um, but it's uh, <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing you are. <laughs> a post-apocalyptic game. Outlive. Yeah. I thought yeah. that would have been higher okay. for you. Well, this low, huh? This no. <laughs> what do you mean low. by this low? <laughs> Please define this low. <laughs> I thought it would have been higher for you. So the only reason why it's not higher is because I, I've only played it a few times, and I do see this one moving up. The more I play it, I'm assuming, right? But so outlive basically what you're trying to do is you you have your little group of survivors, and you're moving around the board and you're upgrading your bunker. Yeah, you're trying thing. to make the best fallout shelter. Yeah, I think, yeah that's maybe. what I'm trying to think yeah. of. Yeah, so you're basically trying to upgrade and build the best fallout shelter. 
Because I think the theme is there's a caravan coming and whoever has the best build That's who they bunker. pick That's, up and save and bring. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. Like, who's ever best prepared, they're going to pick them up and bring. I mean, I get it, survival, help survival, but, like, you're just going to leave this nicely built bunker then? I, I don't know. I guess. They're going to a better bunker, but these people are resourceful enough to, yeah, make, to make it a, a good, good one. But like, and, I'm trying. And, huh? and, and, I yeah. think that seems right. Um <laughs> Basically, the interesting thing is that you're moving your worker around the board. So when you land at a location, if your number is higher than other active heroes, or not heroes, but other active players, meeples, or, players, yeah. whatever, um, you can, I think they call it apply pressure. So how that works is basically you're trying to steal from them a little bit. Um, so it is a little player action, but the reason why I interaction do, and you like it. I, well, what? Let me let me finish. Okay. <laughs> so the reason why I'm taking it back there, it doesn't bother me as much is because you can defend against it. So you can spend ammunition to up your strength. So for every point that you're low, so say if you move in, I have a two. You move in a four. As long as I have two bullets, I can spend those. To negate you trying to steal from okay. me. So because you can do something about instead of just this person just goes there and now you're you're screwed. Right. Okay. So that's you know what usually throws it off for me is when there's kind of a little take that or I'm going to steal from you and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. In this, I like it because you can actually prevent it. I think there's also body armor that you can get later in the game. There's different equipment you can get that might help you get resources at certain spots. Uh, but if I remember correctly, I think there's body armor that will give each of your players like plus one when they're like getting applied pressure. I remember the equipment okay. was really cool and powerful. Yeah, I yep. like the artwork and the style and look of the game. Yeah, like, fits like the with theme. The, the theme. Yeah, I only played like a half a game demo. I yeah, haven't played. Yeah. I know you've. It's been played a couple times at game day. I just haven't had a chance right. to play a full game. It's one I think I would enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I got those different spots. You can like choosing which spots to go to to get the different. Yeah, I enjoy, remember enjoying playing it. Yeah, and then the other thing too is building your bunker spots. What buildings or what rooms are in your bunker? They'll give you different abilities throughout the game okay. too. So, okay. so that's my number nine. Outlive. My number eight is a game. I don't believe either of you have played. I think you'd actually both like it quite a bit. And it's one I think... Well, how good it, can it really be if I've never played it? Maybe I enjoy it because I haven't played it with you. <laughs> that's probably a big part of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think I would like it... I played it five or six times, I think. I'd like it even more. It'd be higher on this list if I got to play it more often. That is Clans of Caledonia. Yeah, I haven't played it. Nope. I think it's really interesting... Uh, some people say it's like Terra Mystica, a little bit lighter. It's still medium, medium weight game or a little medium heavy. It's not terribly hard to f understand at all. There's basically a certain number of actions that you can take. But the things I find the most interesting is you're putting cows down on the board and they make cheese, different things like that. You put uh, grain down, then your grain can make bread. Or if you have a distillery down, you can make whiskey, different things like that. Ooh. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yep. um, you can that put, sounds like my kind of game. <laughs> you get income, you can put woodcutters and miners out to make money. But two of the coolest things is you're trying to complete contracts during the game. And it's like the exports of tobacco, sugar, and cotton, I believe. Each contract a player completes moves one of those three resources along the track. And at the end of the game, based on how much they've moved, so the more that you've exported 
changes the rarity of them. So the one that has been exported the most gives you three points, where the ones the one in the middle gives you four points, and the one that's been exported the least gets you five points. I really like that. So on your contracts, based on what ones you have and the rarity of them, that fluctuates a lot through the game, so you kind of kind of gauge what other people have and different things like that. The other thing that's really cool is the manipulation of the economy in the game. You have a different board where the price of goods when you sell them or buy them fluctuates based on the supply and demand. And someone sells bread, then there's more bread available, so the price of bread goes down. But if you buy it, it's cheaper, but when you sell it, you get less for it. Kind of economic. Yep, it's really... It's cool how that works and how you can manipulate that to your favor. Um, each faction or player also has like a powerful ability that they can utilize, which and abuse and whatnot. And they're all they all feel semi broken, but they're all broken yeah. in okay. a good way. But yeah, it's a very interesting game, and I'd like to get it out more often. I think you guys would both like it. That is Clans of Caledonia. Sounds moderately interesting. You had me at whiskey, so <laughs> okay. I'm in. Uh, my number eight. It's a uh, yeah, I have a drafting hand management area control game that's called Ethnos, where you basically you have cards that you're, you're picking up from, a, you know, I think there's 10, 10 that you can pick up to start with, but basically you're, you're drafting some cards from of six different tribes. I believe they're called tribes. And there's some different ways you kind of, with your hand management, you're either trying to get as many of the you know, ones of the same tribe or of the same, I don't know if it's suit or color, basically, that you're you're building. And once you do that, you know, each of the tribes is very different as far as what they do, what actions they do. And then you can also, with that, you can, there's a, a portion of his area control where you're placing your little tokens out to get points that way as well. So there's a couple different ways of scoring points. And the different tribes, the way they, it's kind of funny, you know, the way they interact together, each one can, you know, you can kind of like try to combo those different tribes together so that's a lot of fun and one thing that you know it's a quick game uh, it's pretty you know simple enough one thing i really like is there i think there are 12 different tribes and you play with six of them each time so the the variety of it you get in different combinations of tribes every time so it feels a little bit different each time how you play how those different tribes interact with each other and you're scoring either through playing your hand or scoring by that area control portion of the two different ways to do that so it's just a you know, quick game that, you know, simple enough that I've always enjoyed playing every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, people definitely want to play this over Istanbul. Oh, yeah. Learn that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, figure that one out. I don't hate Istanbul. It's just, no. I'm always going to pick Ethnos over it because mm-hmm. it is, it's a fun, fun kind of game. You know, you got your centaurs, your giants, dwarves. Poor orcs. Istanbul. Things. I like the, uh, the set collection or how that works. I like the different powers, how you got to, like, Pick which one. Yeah. Like that a lot. I think the one part I wish is that the area control, you could get more points. If It feels like collecting the big sets, like a set of six or a set of seven or whatever the max is, or the, gets you more points than the area control stuff throughout yeah. the game. And that's the part of the game I like more. So yeah. I don't, I don't mind it for just that reason, but if I like the area control, I would you know, kind of think the same thing. Like area control isn't as, I think, powerful. Maybe it's just because of it, you know, it how seems I play to, it. But, it seems to slowly ramp up because there's some spots, you know, the first yeah. few rounds you might get one or zero points. I wish they all they but all maybe longer. scored like a point or two more yeah. each age or something. It's not a big deal. We always seem to get the the halflings a lot, and they're easy to get big sets in. 
Yeah, I think every time I've played, there have been halflings, which is kind of odd, but yeah, those can... I know, Tim, you play one game where you got the full set of halflings and got tons of points that way. You know, the one thing with the halflings, if only one person's going halflings, they can... Easier to get. It's a lot easier. I like how you draw different races each time. It easily You could easily expand it, too, to just make tons and tons of races. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and with those halflings, I think that's one where it, you can get a lot of points like you did at that one game, yep. but if two people are going from then you're not going to, you know, that that can really hurt you, too. You, so it's, You can still score pretty well with them, but it, you know, you're not going to run away with it. Yeah, exactly. You know, but so yeah, you can kind of, other players can stop you. You can see that you're going for halflings and stop you from getting that huge, little hate drafting. We didn't do that that one game, but right. <laughs> you can do some hate drafting in it. Yeah, this, you know, it's a really good game. I like it a lot. I, I mean, just had it on a couple other top tens. So. Yeah. And one other thing I hadn't mentioned was the that third dragon, because the, the round is done and that third dragon comes up, and oh, it gets so you can tense. be like, mm. right early, you get two, and then you're so like, do I keep building stuff, you know, hoping that dragon doesn't come, and if it does, like, oh, now it's completely done, you don't get a chance to build yep. those points, so... It, that's like it gets very tense when after that second dragon. Yeah, because you never know. I mean, there's times where, okay, it might be the last card in the deck, yeah. but you maybe can go it's thirty not, cards. So, yeah, with you know waiting yeah. for the third one, or it can be right away. So it, it, I think that's that the big uh, big part to the enjoyment of the game. So my number eight, it's a game that we recently reviewed, and we also played it at Origins for the first time. Altiplano. This low, huh? This low, yeah. You know, okay. I I like it. I think with more plays, I could see it going up as well. But I also have the expansion, which I haven't tried yet. Okay, I was going to ask if you tried that yet. I have not, no. So that's still on my expansion neglect pile. Did you read the rules on it? Yeah, there wasn't much. It gives, it has like a an extra board that has like a little traveler that kind of moves around. So very vaguely. I looked at it, mostly. But yeah, I'm not going to go too deep into it. I guess if you want to hear my full thoughts you can go back to another episode i don't remember which one though oh good plug i guess <laughs> but that's my number eight I'll to somebody might talk All about right. it later so maybe we'll... yeah uh my number seven <laughs> is a game that tim thinks he's played once he remember kind of liking it he's not really sure what else he remembers other than that and that is queen domino good yeah, description yeah. that i like that yeah that kind of hit it right on the head <laughs> talked about it numerous times i won't get terribly into it but i really enjoy the look of the game plays in a half hour i like the drafting and how the scoring works and i like the stuff that they added on top of king domino you're basically drafting these tiles your biggest group scores a multiplier based on how many crown symbols are in that group so if you have nine red spaces that are touching and three crowns in there that gets you 27 points and that's how the basic scoring works, and then there's buildings you can buy and other things that help you score, but that's the basic gist of the game, and you're drafting those throughout the game. Right. Have you played this, Michael? Or I don't think so. Okay. My number seven is Queen Domino. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Did you I, guys... I actually have played it, now that I think about it. Did you guys compare notes before you guys got here? <laughs> yeah, that's twice we uh, double up in the yeah. same number. So, yeah, yeah. I tried to... You know, brothers and you think alike, you know, so yeah, that's how that works. Nauseating. It's pretty gross. Uh, but yeah, I, I like it, the the puzzling aspect. Like, you have your little grid that you have to put those on and trying to, you know, arrange them in the right right way. I, I really like those pieces, too, like the the brightness, the color, the glossy kind of look of them. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, I, games with that, that puzzly 
grid type feeling. I, you know, trying to get those to yeah, you fit the way you want to. Yeah, like a Tetris board. style. You're putting it in front of yeah. you, and it's always fun to look down and see what you made. Yeah, the Tetris style. Really I, I like those types of games a lot, and this one does it well. I think that's why I think you need to bust out Feast for Odin because that's got that little Tetrisy. Yeah, I read the rules. Just waiting to play. That is one I wanna. Maybe maybe this next. It's been Friday. a few months that you've been waiting to jump on it. Yeah. Well, see, the reason why I put it off because I played Gaia Project, so it's like, well, it's they're both heavier games, and they're both games like once I play them, I want to play them a few more times. Pick them both. I could. I mean, Aaron Aaron's picking all lighter games, so we got to get like double heavy duty. So- <laughs> it's not his pick day. <laughs> I'll I'll consider it. All right. Well. That's Queen Domino. <laughs> yep, that is our review of Queen Domino. Mini review. review of Queen I, Domino is we you know, want to play Feast for Odin. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven is not Queen Domino. Not to spoil it. Have you played Queen Domino? Wow. Yeah, I know. What I do you remember about it? Do you remember liking it? <laughs> and it is another game that was recently reviewed on our podcast. And that is Clank in Space. So that law. <laughs> that's a theme here. Yeah, I guess so. Did you uh, think everything was, high? was higher? <laughs> no, I think that's about right. I thought okay. a couple of the others might have been higher, but yeah. So I we talked about a length prior, but you know you're kind of building your hand up, playing your cards, moving around the ship. I like how tense it is once somebody grabs one of their artifacts and they're trying to race out. So you're trying to get out before you're killed. And you know the last few games we played. Only one person gets out. All right. Well, one of them. I think the other one. I got to the airlock. You just didn't make it off the ship. Yeah. I would have if I would have been able to move two more spaces. I would have gotten off the ship and won because I would have scored the twenty points. But didn't get off. Didn't win though. I didn't get off. Didn't. Yeah. Someone else did. Yeah. Huh. Who was that? Not Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just kind of a quick run through of Clank in Space. My number seven. I haven't played Clank in Space, but I played Clank. Clank is actually one of the probably you know, one of my first deck builder games, and I remember I won it that first time. So I I really like that game. I still like Clank, so I I'm sure I would enjoy Clank in Space. Just haven't haven't played that one yet. It didn't make my list. It wasn't like that terribly close. I do like it. Yeah, I maybe I would have had to put it at number ten if Aaron was here, just so he wouldn't beat me up. But Ooh. what yeah, if he I'm, listens back and he gets pissed about it? Yeah, I was I was worried about it, and I haven't even played the game. Like, I yeah. had a good excuse, and I was nervous, so he gets... It sounds like it, it's close now, or it might not be his favorite game. Not sure. I think it, it's, it probably still is, but it's, it's, it's real at least close. close. It's yeah. not. Did we ruin it for him, you think? Because I won, and he died both times? Yeah. Well, you guys do tend to ruin things. Yeah. <laughs> have to ask yeah, he, he did back. get just mutilated. <laughs> Because usually it's those games he wins that he's like, man, I won this one how many times? Like, yeah. won this one twice, and right. it's really the hallmark of a good game if you can win it. Yeah, and how you did on your very last play of it is a big impact. I feel. Yep. So my number six is, I think you played it once, Tim, and I don't think Michael has, and that is a game I picked up at Origins last year, uh, Santa Maria. I'm liking this one the more I play it. It's a medium weight game, but it's very easy to learn and plays in like an hour. Dice drafting, you're also kind of doing that Tetrisy style tile placement on your player board. You place them out and when those actually give you your actions with your dice, you have your personal pool and a community pool that you draft from. 
And when you take actions, you go from the top of your player board on down. You take those actions in that order, and the bottom one, or the one farthest to the right, depending if you're going horizontal or vertical, you put the dice there, and that locks up that action spot. So it's one less action in that row or column. Scoring for various things at the end of the game. Really enjoy it. I think you guys need to play it. Santa Maria, my number six. I've kind of realized that my first four that I've gone through here are all kind of you know, a little bit lighter games, not uh, super heavy, and these so get, they start getting now. a little more uh, you're just big dogs. Yeah, so nice. I'm kind of building here. But number six is 878 Vikings. It's, it's similar to another game I really like, uh, 1775 Rebellion. Um, that Tim, I know you played quite a lot. I can definitely uh, tell Aaron did not make this list for him because it would, yeah, <laughs> it would be on the bottom ten. On. <laughs> yeah, when is bottom ten ever? Maybe, but um, it. And if you played 1775 Rebellion, it's similar, but in this one, you know, you have, you know, you have England and you're invading England. And the one thing I like about it is both sides play very differently. The English, you're, you have the whole country, but you're defending off this huge horde of, you know, this invading horde of Vikings and berserkers versus while you're the Vikings, you have a big force, but you've got a whole country to try to take over. And it just, it feels like, you know, both sides play so differently and, to me, like both sides feel like you're you're just barely holding on when you're the the English. Like there's so many Vikings coming in that area, they're just going to dominate that area, and then another one next round is going to come in. How are you going to keep stopping them? Whereas I played with the Vikings, and feel like all right, well, there's so much area to take over. You know, I've got to take as much land as I can, but I don't want to stretch my Vikings too thin because otherwise English will just take it right back. So like the how differently it plays on each of those. And I like, you know, the cooperative game where it's a two-on-two game where you're working with someone and just kind of, you know, timing mm-hmm. with those, you know, playing those cards. and Team games are fun, yeah. That, that comes in. And, and yeah, so it, I find a lot of fun. And, you know, again, the part I like about it the most is just that you're, you know, play very differently and the kind of the intense, you know, always worried about couple bad rolls here and we're just done you know, on both sides really i felt yeah i obviously like this one quite a bit yeah i had kind of a sour play the last time i played it's a bunch of different things kind of went over that before but i do still really like the system in both games i like this one a little bit better just because like michael said with the uh how both sides feel different rather than play like the same i think one thing i do wish is it went a little bit faster because I feel like there's a little too much luck for how long we take to play the game. I think we just take too long for yeah. what the game is. Because it's, pr- it's a real light game, simple yeah. game. See, I I like the length of it. I wish it was quicker than what it was. Oh, yeah. I, I, I go for it being a little bit quicker. That's just um, for me, but, yeah. personal. But there, there are but, some games, though, depending on when the treaty's played, it could end pretty quickly within yeah, four rounds. It's a chance. Okay, yep. so, but if it goes the full length... Yeah, full yeah. I suppose seven. if it goes the full full length, I don't know if we've ever had one that's gone right to the end. Yeah, probably have. We might have, but I know I did one of the plays. I had it that it, it well, the one we we played last year was the very last thing, and just kind of yeah, we kind of oh, lucked into okay. that victory as but a fortunate one. But I still like them. I still like the system. I like the games. That's just which which uh, version do you like better, Michael? Uh, I keep going back and forth, like the. Couple plays of Vikings, I thought I definitely like this one better because of that variety. But you know, then again, playing that 1775, it, it starts out very even. So it, it's had very different feels. I might even say 1775 Rebellion, possibly slightly more, but it 
depends on which day you ask me, basically. Yeah. You know, so if it's cloudy out, maybe I like 1775 Rebellion. If it's if it's sunny out, you know, 878 Vikings. My number six, it is a game that we recently reviewed. Having a nail. Yeah. When we started recording and I looked at my list, I was like, wow, there's three games back-to-back that we've reviewed. I've, I've noticed that theme from you recently yeah. of uh, games you just reviewed. Just like games you reviewed yeah. then, I guess. <laughs> This is my top ten games that we've reviewed on the show. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing you got this many. Yeah, so there you have it. My number six, Heaven and Ale. My number five is the dinosaur game that Tim should have backed on Kickstarter. Oh. And he didn't. Instead he got Dinogenics, which it's... was... <laughs> it's also the game that I haven't played yet. Correct. You'd like it a lot, I think. Okay. Anyways, that is Dinosaur Island. I'm liking it more and more each time I play it. I think I probably played it three times or so. Um, the last time we played, we played with the Totally Liquid expansion. Yeah. And I like that even more with it. Um, there's your own company that you gives you a special ability or something you can do. I didn't even utilize mine, but I really like that they added that in there. And now that I know the game a lot more, or if I play it more often, I'll use that more. But I just didn't that game. But I really like the different phases in the game. I like the theme of it. I like how it all works. When I saw pictures of it and stuff on the internet, I was like, oh, man, that game is really flashy, really ugly. But then seeing, obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, seeing it in person, I like it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. I actually like it quite a bit. Yeah, very 90s theme, bright colors, neon. And yep. I was a little worried about that, you know, but it, I really like it. fits with the, you know, the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, Jurassic Park, the board game, basically. Yeah, it's... Yep, definitely. I like all the components in it a lot. I guess my biggest downfall would be the how much of a table hog it is. Oh god, yeah, just it's absurd. Just, but it's a crazy how much space that takes up. Whatever player count, you know, trying to yep. you know the with the totally liquid, you can now go to five players. There isn't a table that you you know that anyone owns that can fit all five. Yeah, player boards and all the you know all the stuff on it for that. Like the first time you play, you can play long, short, or medium game. Like the first time you play, I don't think I'd ever play short. I'd play medium maybe if everyone is new. The last time we yeah. played long, and I liked that a lot better. It didn't even add that much play time. It just let you feel like you got to accomplish more, build your engine better, and do more things. Yeah, medium. I don't mind it for a, a first play when I'm teaching people, but yeah, definitely, I definitely feel like the the long game is the best because. That medium one almost feels like you're just just starting to get into the, you know getting those good dinosaurs and doing that stuff and the game kind of ends. So mm. I really like the uh, the three different phases how that works with like there's the drafting and then there's the action selection worker placement part. I like how it's all broken up. Yeah, the where game. there's there's a lot of different things you do, but it's broken up so well in those different phases where you're getting. First of all, you're getting you know the ability to make those dinosaurs or grab those dice, and then you're you know doing these, you know, the workers and upgrades and stuff, and, you know, each phase is very, you know, know, the scientists for one, the, you know, the workers for another, so, you know, or the market in the second phase. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that is my number five. I have a feeling you'll probably be talking about it. I don't think Tim will, because he hasn't played it. Yeah, maybe, maybe talked about it. Maybe maybe I've played it. We'll see. (laughs) Somewhere. My number five, Dinosaur Island. Check it out, Tim. Right, so, Maybe uh, I did. Maybe it's on my list. <laughs> my number five um, is a, a cooperative game. It's called uh, Spirit Island, um, where they're, you're basically you're defending. An, it's a, a nice twist where there's 
you're actually there's an invading invaders, but you're actually the ones defending the island's inhabitants um, from the invading colonies. Said you know a lot of games where you're you are the invaders, you're attacking that kind of thing. You know basically a couple you know two player you know game that at least that I played was two players. Um, you know there's spirits, you know energy, you know magic and things, which isn't not always something I enjoy in games, but it, it fits well with this one. Yeah, I'm not going to go into it too much here right now because uh, it may come up again. But it's a game I really, really enjoy. Making a lot you of know, assumptions. The yeah, you're throwing a lot of accusations around here. Yeah, sorry. I'm like Aaron that. would appreciate no. it. Yeah, it's well, he's not here, is he? <laughs> but um, it, the you know you have those different you know each you play with I don't even know how many there are, but the different you know characters you can have that play so differently. So it's fun to like, try the different ways of doing that, and it's been a while since I played. I haven't had a lot of plays, but I, I've really enjoyed the the plays that I have had with it. I really don't have much to say about the game. No, no it's no, kind of really. nothing for you. Yeah, yeah just, it's yeah. kind of nothing. Right. I'll just move on to my number five, <laughs> and that is a game that was recently talked about. Like I say, reviewed again. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we'll get there. Dinosaur that- Island. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me finish. No, Michael brought it up, and that was 878 Vikings. So uh, I guess the one thing I'll add to it is that I, I love the tension of the game. So it's a team game, but you don't know what your teammate has. Yeah. So you don't know what they're going to play. Also, I like how the, the turn order is always random. So you draw oh, yeah. them out of the bag. Yep. And then it's kind of like, okay, I hope we go first some rounds. Other rounds, you're kind of like, I wish I, you know. I, I do and I don't like it. I think at the end of the game, you want those last two turns because you can just. Yeah. It's so much better to it, have the last two turns in a round back to back. To me, it or helps. These last turns. To me, it helps build that tension, though. Because you, yeah. don't, you don't exactly know when you're going to go, so you're not quite sure. You know, yeah, you don't want to spread yourself play. out too thin because, well, you know, the last one in this round is where the you know is going to be the Vikings, and if they have the first two in the next round, that's three turns that you can just yeah. have such dramatic swings in the game based on that turn. You, you, that's part of it. You have to plan for that you know possibility, right? Kind of thing, and you, you don't always get to the end of the game. So, like at, at the end of the game, like it's it can kind of determine that game, you know, who what gets drawn where in that end, but. Mm-hmm. You can also try to, you know, the goal is to try to end it before you get to that point. Either yeah. side can do that. So I like that aspect of it, too. So that is my number five, 878 Vikings. My number four is a game that we reviewed in this episode, and that is Heaven and Ale. And that is all I have to say. Nice. Nice. Nice, nice analysis there. I like that. Yep. In, in depth. depth. Yeah. Yep. Um, my number four game has been mentioned already. It is Plano. That high, huh? So I'll just kind of talk with it with him. That's my number three. Oh, okay. Game we've reviewed before. So it's a... I know there's been this discussion about whether it's a, a deck-building game or not, and it's not a deck in the classic sense that it's a, is cards, but it, it definitely it has that feel like. I don't know if it's... To me, that one. a bag? It's bag-building? Or if it's like those... What are those little pieces called? That, tokens you know, the or token, chips or whatever. Token-building? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a deck-builder. It's, it's the same mechanic. Just... The guy knowing it instantly... Like, the first thing he said is, have you played a deck-building game before? This is the same thing. It doesn't make it a deck-building. It's more semantics, I guess, yeah. as far as <laughs> anything. But, but yeah, it's, you know, collecting those, those resources, and I love the... Where you're trying to cull your deck, that kind of thing. I, 
you know, the the movement I think is that I, I really like Orleans um, and this game. It's similar to that. It has that same feel, but it, it definitely enough differences for it where you're moving your player unlike Orleans and just like I like the look of the game too. Kind of a, a neat, kind of mm-hmm. unique look. I can't say uh, those little uh, carts that you have. You know, I hate those. Those They'll suck to, in the bags. They just yeah, fall apart. And it, yeah. The bags. I mean, we're kind of, I mean, with those bags, you know, we're just kind of, I guess. Well, Tim could spoil us a little bit and get some decent yeah, bags. Yeah, spoil those bags. I mean, this is, that's really on Tim. Yeah. So I blame him for that. It's not a problem yeah. with the game. It's a problem with Tim. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like all the stuff we've said before and you just said, I. I like all that stuff with it. Um, I don't have any real major complaints. I'd rather play it with less players, but I really like the game. Yeah, it's. I want to play it more, and I want to try out different strategies with it and just different things. So, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. I'll take plow. My number four, it's a game as of recently. I know you guys haven't played it, because I think you played it last night, you said, and that's Gloomhaven. Okay. My, it didn't. My, I've only just played the one, and it was just the first scenario, so it yeah. was one of those where, kind of like Wendaki, where I've only played it once, so I, I think I might like it, I just haven't played enough to, to put it on the list, uh, but I'm definitely very interested in, you know, want to play some more to see what I yeah what I think. And for me, the the best part I like about it is the card play. So you on your turn, you're going to select two cards, you're going to pick a bottom and a top action to do. Once you do those, you discard your cards, and then basically once you're out of cards in your hand, you're going to rest. You can either short rest or long rest, and you're going to pick those cards up. And then depending on which rest you do, you're going to discard. You're going to basically lose one of those cards for the game. Mm -hmm. Either you can pick one or discard one. Um, So the longer the scenario goes on, the, I guess, the less actions you're going to have to pick from. But then also... If you run out of cards to play, you're basically fatigued and you can't go on. So it's that gonna... happened to me. We ended up Did it really still one end of the second room. I got fatigued and then he won the last oh, one yeah. or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, it's it was on my honorable mention just because I only played it the one time. I have good and bad about it. Are the scenarios all just combat based or card play like that? Because I do like the card play, but I think they could get repetitive after a while. And I know. The enemies are going to be different, and you're going to get better cards. You're going to be yeah. doing different things. But, like, is it always just... So, for what I've seen, that's that. those are the scenarios. Okay. It's not like a puzzle where you're going to go Okay, in. that's what I was hoping. There's, like, maybe some puzzle stuff, just different things. And, and I know there's probably other things that change it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the, you know, the leveling up and getting new characters... That's a lot of the, the fun of it. Yeah. You know, it. So, hopefully there's enough variety in that way where you're getting these new cards often enough and you're retiring your character often enough so it doesn't get... Old that way, like I, I don't yeah. know. I haven't, you know, yeah, like we haven't played it. Enough just played the one right. scenario to know, like that was the, and I'm thinking the, you know, just based on the two characters I've seen, yours and mine, is that they play different enough so that when you do get a yeah, different definitely. one, that'll help mix it up and it'll kind of refresh the game. Mm-hmm. For yeah, me. there's I've, there's a lot of things I do like about it. That was my biggest worry is that it might get stale after a while just with the card play being so samey-ish feeling. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, I, with legacy games, I'm always a little bit scared of like, well, if a game I like, it's the same game, so I know I'll kind of like it. Where a legacy game, like, it's does it get a different feeling? Do I like it more early? Mm-hmm. And then I, it kind of, you know, that kind of dies off as it changes. Or like, 
if I don't start liking it early, maybe I'd like it more, but can I get to that get point, to that point of liking it? Get to that point where I really it? like so it. So I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. You know, my feelings are kind of up in the air yet, but I'd, I definitely want to, I, I think very easily it could be very high on this list or yeah. something mm-hmm. I play five, six times like, and Yeah, it's, it's definitely one, when we played it, where I want to come back and play a bunch of more scenarios and dive see. deeper into the game, yeah. understand the game more, see that if there's, if it's going to be kind of the same or it starts branching out a little bit and gives you more options and things like that. Because I know that it's just the first scenario. You can't yeah. take much off that at all. So I didn't dislike it or anything. Yep. Yeah. So I guess it's definitely would never be my top-rated game of all time like it is on Board Game Geek. But I but do, do see know? the value in it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, definitely. I, for you, people, especially like a lifestyle game where someone plays like just a few games, that's that game, it's just so much you can play yeah. in that. And yeah, I do want to play it through the end of my character and then see if I'd ever want to play like another character again. Just right. cause I want to see kind if the, the arc. Yeah, if, your, if stuff yeah. changes up and things when like that. It, yeah, another time. It's always fun leveling up and getting new items yeah. and all that. I think so. I've played it seven or eight times now. Uh, okay. I haven't I haven't felt I haven't um, noticed it being too samey. But but even with that the one scenario we had, it just was like I wish it was half as long as it was because it was like. I'm just playing these same yeah, and I, cards you know, and I, I think the first scenario, they do it that way. So it's it's real basic. You're just, yeah. you know, it's just, just a good get, idea because you haven't played like... Right. And I, I, I don't know if you maybe can look at the... Because there's six different characters that you can choose from. I didn't. So I besides just reading through the rules and seeing the examples they showed, I didn't know like what things are going to come up. So it was yeah. very new to me when you know, we started that first one of how to play it. So like... I get why they would do that. It's make it making it kind of basic, but I, you know, I hope it's a little. And there's so many different, um, you know, monsters that you're gonna, or at least that are out there. I don't know if they, how much of those change, but yeah. I assume they will quite a bit. So I think that'll help, you know, with the variety. And I like those, you know, the kind of those, you know, those road cards and city cards where you're kind of deciding, you know, what you want to do, and that affects your, affects you, and just, you know, kind of add some variety to the game right. too. So. Yeah, so that's uh, our mini review of Gloomhaven. Oh, Mine and uh, one uh, one quick side bonus is that it's also has has that added bonus of being a great workout to uh, carry yeah. that game around. It's just there you go. a ridiculously large box. Yeah, that weighs. I have an insert with it, so it weighs like thirty pounds, and it's just enormous. And it's like it's intimidating looking at the box you're like that's a game i have to play like this yeah. is going to take me 27 hours just to set it up it it's not actually that bad but it but it's it's packed <laughs> too you know sometimes you oh, get a game you, you open a box and it's just like a deck of cards in a full size yeah. box this thing it's a huge box that's packed with the insert like there's three of the characters that don't even fit in it you know, really? before you start playing now that we've opened two of them two more fit in but there's oh, one that doesn't so if you play it's up like Three player game bit. doesn't fit it's like bad, but yeah, but um, yeah, it's that box is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's one uh, I didn't like it as much as I thought I might, but as a first play, I'm definitely excited to explore more and play the game a lot more and see what I end up actually thinking about it. Yeah, do this list in a year we've played through exactly. 10, 12. Like, I could yep. see it being one or two. I could see it not even being on the list. So I yeah, I could see it any anywhere in there, and it's definitely one. It's not like a, oh, I'm done. I'm not playing it again. Yeah. I, I want to explore it. You're optimistic. Yep. 
That was your number four, yeah. correct? We did your number we three. Did yep, three. my number so, three is Altiplano. My number three um, is a game I... When I first played it, I wasn't a fan. I was like, eh, I don't really like that game. Then each, every single play after that, I've played a decent amount of times, and every single play after that, I've liked it more. You know, where as at first I probably would rate it as low as like a four or something. Wow. Every so play does not like. Every play I've I've liked it more and more. Like even, like I don't even know how many games I've played. And, you know, every time it's getting better, and it's a. It's anachrony. Um, it's a you know, worker placement. There's time travel in it. I like that there's a, you know, a lot of different um, <laughs> ways you can go about the game. It's what he doesn't like. <laughs> no, just... I'm so excited that I picked a game that Tim doesn't like. <laughs> I didn't um, say I didn't like it. But <laughs> he gave it like a five and a half or six or something. It's pretty long. But the... mm, I'd have to look. The Anyways, you know the different worker placement where like you can get the exosuits, but you can also use the you know workers in other ways too. But, like and there's like when I first played, you know I was like I don't I I wouldn't want to do that strategy. But then when I tried that strategy, I really liked going that route um, and kind of the resource management and or do you want to build buildings and yeah. The more I play it, yeah, I'm not going to get into it too much just yet. But it's um it's a fun game and yeah, hopefully it keeps getting better for me. It could. Uh, could even go higher on this list, but wouldn't have been even close to this list. The first couple, yeah, you know, first couple uh, plays, yeah. but keeps improving for me. It's so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, an acrony. And I, Good I, pick. I mean that as in it's not going to be on my list later. Well, I, you know, yeah, I knew that. Okay, it's not one of those where if it gets picked, I'm going to outright avoid it. Yeah. It's not Mombasa. It, there's not a ton of. Interaction in it, but is it because there's kind of interaction for that worker placement spots? It is, I mean, it is in the fact that there's only a limited number your, of spots, limited number of spots, so it can be a like you want to do a few different things, and if people go to the space you want, like that kind of messes you up. So, like, it is in that way, yeah. And I think like, it's another one of those where you need to the actions you take are so valuable and it costs you stuff to take those actions too. You don't just yeah. get free. Act- so you really got to be super efficient. Yeah. It's, I like, you know, the more I play it, the more I like that, but I get if someone doesn't like the game because mm-hmm. I didn't right away for a while. So I yeah. think, and maybe if you play more, Tim, maybe you'll, maybe you'll like Maybe it you'll turn around maybe and like start me. seeing maybe. the light like everyone else. Maybe. Come around. But, you know, I didn't find the time travel interesting or that useful. That expansion... That I went hard for, and it did nothing for me. It was pretty frustrating. That was yeah. That one's more of a just player error. No, <laughs> it's more of a like you don't know what you're gonna get. It's more of a luck, random. See, see that didn't thing. It's what was it didn't bother me. You don't really much? score points with it. You just you get random type of resources where you adventure out, how much okay. power you have, and you draw some cards, but you don't really know what's gonna be on them. But yeah, so, that role, like, it, I think after doing that kind of route one time, I think it's more of a have a supplement, I guess. Yeah, to and a, it's just a, like a, a module you can add if you want. You don't. It's yeah. not in the base game at all. It's not yeah. even an expansion. It's but just I agree, though. It's, they, it's not one that you yeah, can go really. Yeah, you don't really want to hard nuts. forward but in the game. It's almost one of those things, though, that you you almost have to build your suits up to be able to explore. So I spent time building up to explore. So I'm going to explore, and then I just there was almost no payoff. Yeah, is what I found. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I've played it, you know, quite enough to know whether, like, if I went that strategy more, like, could it be more effective just playing it better? Like, 
I know when I played it, it was like, Maybe. well, did I not play it well, or was it just that it's not a strategy you can go all out for? I, I guess I'm yeah. undetermined on that. Okay, my number three. It has been reviewed before and mentioned before on Michael's list, and that is Spirit Island. I don't. No, it's my number two, so I'll just oh. flop them together. All right. Dual review it. Or? Yep. Michael covered it earlier, and uh, I don't know if I have anything else to spritz in that you missed, but uh, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I kind of crushed that explanation. You did. <laughs> you you've been up and down through this episode, but that was one of your ups. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on it. You know, just doing what I can. You know, yeah. trying to. I mean, I could never replace Aaron. You know, the poor man's Aaron Schmidt, but you know, I. Yeah. Trying to do him justice. Yeah, it's. I really enjoy the asymmetrical player powers. I love that yeah. about it, and it's a heavier game. And I think that really benefits co-ops for me because you can't really quarterback in that game. Yeah, because really, depending you on your spirit, you know, you might be have a defense and then an attacking. So depending on what spirit you have, you you know you kind of have to go that route. Yeah, and you're working together and whatnot, but you can't just say, well, yeah. what, what are you doing that for, you idiot? You should be doing this, this, and that. That's the best <laughs> you thing got, you can. You, know, you each have your own side of the island. You can. I do like that you can you know help out the other side of the island, but you know you that interaction you know with you know each other's i think it's a lot of fun um just based on you know the variability of it you know playing different players and you know you, you got to help out the other person but you can't too much otherwise you might be in trouble mm-hmm. so it's a lot of fun yep that is tim's three and my number two yes spirit island and then my number two here is another island game it's a dinosaur island that we've Discussed already, Pandasaurus games. Wow. I, I I really like it. it the the worker worker placement and just the the theme of it I think kind of helps for me too. You know, with the different dinosaurs. You know, there's you know three different types of dinosaurs um, that you can get either you know large, you know carnivores or small ones, herbivores. Uh, I do really like the you know, that the expansion with the the toy totally liquid. I think because one thing when I played the base game is those the dinosaurs. There's different DNA you need to create each of them. But they're all the same points, the same yeah. um, excitement level and danger. But you know, with those marine dinosaurs, it adds each of those marine animals. Those actually cost a different amount. They have very different, ex- you know, huge swings as far as the amount of points you get from them or the danger. So it, yeah. it adds some needed variability to the dinosaurs you're actually Yeah, creating. definitely. Yeah, where the other one is like all of them were the same thing where it's like they could have switched that up yeah a where bit it, more. it hadn't gotten yeah. to the point where it was getting stale but i could see that happening you know with a few more plays that like ah they're not that switched up it's kind of the same thing each time but you know kind of some of the things we talked about before the different phases are a lot of fun uh i guess one critique that i didn't mention before was the i guess when you're drawing your your patrons you're getting money like you have those hooligans in there that damn hooligans yep you know, it was <laughs> dang kids but you know you grab those and then you don't get your points you don't get your money I'd, a little bit more luck based than i feel like a game like that necessarily should be but on the other it's hand bad. they don't not, pay they don't get eaten i don't think either yeah they don't get like, eaten so they, they kind of must be great to be a hooligan yeah so oh, wow. it seems like the way to go but like, you, you can do things to mitigate some of that and it's not a 
not a major uh, drawback, but it's you know maybe a slight one in that. But but yeah, that's my number two discussed already. But it's uh, Dinosaur Island. Good pick. My number two has been discussed on Michael's list. Nice. Must and be good then. It is good, and that is Ethnos. Yeah. That high. That high. I that low, huh? That's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I've talked about it before, but, you know, it, it seems to mix, for me at least, it mixes different elements very well, where you're drafting your cards, or you're trying to get your set collection, your hand of cards, you're playing them, and then it has a little bit of the area control, uh, you know, the different races, I enjoy those a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, Ryan, I wish they'd come out with, like, an expansion with more races not that there's not enough in the right. box but not, not still that get I, a ton of variety yeah, yeah and not that I feel like there's not enough or that we've played it out or anything like that but I who was, doesn't want more right yeah right so it could hurt it to have more of those as long yep. as they're done well yeah so that is my number two ethnos that's interesting yes. so the second time you played Gaia it was a good play it rocketed you up to number one is it my number one I'd be willing to bet Really? Yep. Wow. It just means I need to play it again. Wow. Uh, so my number one, Michael, just uh, I think it was your number three, and that is Anachrony. It was similar to you where, I mean, I liked it quite a bit to start, Yeah. but now I'm like, man, I like this, I like this, I love it. Really, it just it keeps going up and up. The more I play it, I want to play it more often. I think it should get played more often because it's going to keep rising. I love everything about the game. I love the components, the artwork. I don't have much more to add that we didn't talk about when we talked about your number three, but I really, really like this game. Those exosuits, those those things are, those are beefy. Yep, those are beefy <laughs> suits. <laughs> yep. I love the, just the different workers, and I've said this a lot, but more worker placement games need to do that, where you have varied type of workers that give you let you do different things. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts is you know figuring out like which workers do I want to get. They each do specific things. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, I really enjoy that part of it too. And not that the game is incredibly thematic, but for like a heavy Euro game, it's very thematic for me in that sense. For one of those type of games, and the artwork brings that out for me. I love the theme. It just it's a lot of fun. I really like it. That is my number one anachrony. All right. Well, my number one um, has been discussed at length today. Um, it is Heaven and Ale. Wow, that's high. Huh? Yep, that long. It was very, <laughs> it was very close with that in Dinosaur Island. But um, yeah, it is. You know, just the uniqueness of it is is what I like, and just that those excruciating decisions at the end is kind of what what put it ahead of you know Dinosaur Island and Anachrony in the end. Um, it's kind of you know not unique, unique, but it's. That mm-hmm. added component of it is what kind of put it over the edge for me. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, that expansion, some of the minor complaints I have, that maybe that'll fix, you know, with the, be the barrel cards. Interesting to see what's in that expansion and what it does. Yeah. yeah. One I'll definitely check out, and mm-hmm. hopefully it doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. my, my number one, it is Gaia Project. Yeah. I was thinking about saying that I played Dinosaur Island last night or something in Madison. <laughs> yeah. A soul roll it. But. Yeah, no, I got nothing. No, no um, yeah. We talked about it before. Oh, no, yeah, yes, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no. So the, the very first play was pretty rough that we had, but after going back, reading through the rules again, 
the three-player game we had fairly recently, yeah, it it rocketed right up there. It's it's a lot of fun. I like the uh, the different ways to score. You're kind of building out. All the scoring is random for the rounds, so you're gonna have round scoring that's random, and then you have end game scoring that at the start of the game during setup you randomly select. So the games are always scored differently. So you're basically trying to move out and um, use your Gaia formers or terraform planets and you're eventually building buildings on these different planets. You're creating federations and uh, you know just doing space stuff. Okay. Except for space battles. You don't really battle. You just kind of move I think on. that's why Aaron okay. does like the game. That's because there's yeah. no combat. That's exactly what he what he'd said. Okay. He'd, he was worried about it at first because he thought it was yeah. going to be space battles, and it's not. I think the only thing he's worried about now is it taking too long for his taste, basically. Oh. But he's still like, thought, he's in the mood for those once in a while. But yeah. he did say he doesn't think he'd want to play it with four or with people who take too long. That's just his... Yeah. He's more he doesn't like area control or longer games most of the time. This is right. his so, style. unless they're like the really good like there are certain ones he does like that are yeah. very good games, but it, yep. it's tough to beat that not, bar for him. Yeah, and he's not in the mood to play those nearly as much as like we are. Right. Type of thing. And you know, for me, you know, I like the heavier games, I, I like longer games. So I thought a three player game did not go that long. I can't remember did you guys play Dinosaur Island when we played Gaia Project? Is that what happened? I, I don't remember. I, I don't know. Because, yeah, you guys only took like another 20 minutes. Yeah. I was done. expecting it to be longer. I thought yeah. we'd have more time to, you know, maybe play another quick game. I, have I remember that, most. but what game was I, I don't know. Yeah. So, I did not think, and then it was, you know, I had played once before. The other two didn't play at all. So, it was basically a learning game. And it still went pretty quick. So. Okay. Yeah, and that's my number one. And um, one thing I just want to add is that before you even played it that first time, I think we were at Gamehole Con. Yeah. Because um, before you played it, I was like, that seems like a game I, I might really like that. I want to play that game. And then you guys came back from it and you're like, ah, we hardly got into it. Like, just kind of down it. Not necessarily, but it was not necessarily like, Hated the game, but like no, it, played it at the wrong time. Yeah, we played it at the wrong time. Going through the rules. And Late just, at night, tired. Yeah. Too much thinking for the time yeah. of night, so I got a little concerned. So I'm, it's encouraging to see that it's that high in it because you know, I'm you know kind of excited to play that one. Yeah, that and leads me right under my honorable mention. I actually these weren't my like number eleven and twelve games. They're ones that I've only played once that I really think will probably make the list like a year from now. And that's okay. Gaia Project and Gloomhaven. Okay. Or Gaia Project, I really that's completely my style of game like mm-hmm. a heavier euro game that takes two three hours to play it's just it's right up my alley so i think playing it that second third time it's gonna just shoot right up like mm-hmm. it did for you you know and gloomhaven it's definitely one i want to explore more play more i i do like it and i think i'll like it more than i do now but i, I have a few worries but i mean i we yeah. we had talked about it yeah. already, and yeah. I was I was slightly let down by that first play, just because it's you know so high on people's exactly. list. so many people it's their favorite game ever. So like the expectations were so high, and again it was kind of like a learning game, like kind of when I played Mage Knight for the first time, like oh that was a learning game, and like you don't get to the yeah the, the thing they cut out for from that was the most fun part of yeah. the game. 
So I was like, eh, that isn't great, but then play it again, okay, yeah, I love it. And I think for me, wrongly, I probably will compare it to Mage Knight regardless, just because fantasy I hope theme, I don't, because that seems... Then I feel but, like I'm going to be let down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to definitely play both those more, and I'd be interested to see a year from now if those are on the top ten and how high they are, if I get to play yeah. them a few times. I had a couple... I mentioned already Gloomhaven and Wendake. Just playing them one time, the games, I think... Very good chance that those are gonna would be in my top ten down the road. The other one that I've just played the one time. I'm gonna have a couple uh, shoutouts to Aaron here. Photosynthesis. Whoa. Just played it the one time. Um, I'd like to play that one again. I think that could easily be in my top ten. Just that was with four, I think, when we played it. It's yeah, way it better four. with four than with two or three. Okay. And at the look of the game, it's a the yeah. artwork and the the set it's really cool looking game so that was nice and take it easy here's gonna listen to this episode yeah, and get all pumped no, up. i know like i didn't do it earlier so like now <laughs> he's it, gonna be picking photosynthesis like all the time this is an ode hey, to hey, michael look what i brought <laughs> i i hope he does because it's yeah it's a game i definitely want to play more um, it's one of his definitely one of his best abstracts yeah yeah so. i I really like it. I mm-hmm. I enjoy abstracts probably a little bit more than you guys yeah, do. Yeah, def- definitely more um, than Tim and a little more than I do. Yeah, that would yeah. be hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so being the honorary Aaron. Yeah, but actually, I, I really did. Stepping his shoes there. Really did like it. the The look of it is is great, and Theme's so that cool. helps. And is is good gameplay too. I like mm-hmm. the gameplay. The other one that kept going back and forth with that and downforce is my number ten. Um, another just awesome looking game is Sagrada that came in like basically had it tied for number 10 does look really good I kept going back and forth I know you you guys <laughs> yeah. are you guys yeah, are we, very down on that game yeah. um but you know listen to you guys review that I was like come on Aaron stick up for this yeah, game I like it wrong. <laughs> Aaron tell them they're no, wrong no. he seemed like yeah. almost apologetic that he liked it I was like no stick up for yourself yeah. this game is great <laughs> great but it's I, I like it and yeah. like Aaron I, I liked it more with the I've only played it a couple times or a few times but the, the snake draft I enjoyed that more like snake dog too yep yeah. just because you could because part of my planning when I put those out there is like well my first one I can kind of if I'm especially if I'm early I can pick whatever one I want so but it wasn't necessarily, well, this one's going to help me the most for this play. It was more setting it up so that more of those remaining cubes or dice I can pick are going to help me. Just I, I like puzzly-type games, so that's probably part of it. And the yeah, So I, I get that it would you know get a little old eventually, but that's very close to making my list. Tim, you got any? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's hear them. Oh, boy. Get to it. Okay, so my honorable mentions, I, uh, Don Force. That was not mm-hmm. on my list. Uh, and then Fantasy Realms. There's another one that Those was close my, for yeah. me as well. Yeah, so my, my one and two were locked in, like, in order. I like those a little bit more than each other, but definitely more than the other ones. Three through nine were all so close. I had a real tough time. Okay. And then, like, ten through fifteen... Or, or 17 were all so tough. Like, yeah. That was one Fantasy Realms, Ethnos, some other ones. They were all just really hard to decide. So my want to try, Caverna. Ryan. Got the rule book for you. <laughs> uh, tra- almost, you're on your shelf of shame at this point. <laughs> not really. It's not on my shelf. Uh, Transatlantic. Uh, TI4. 
I'm surprised that didn't hit your list, 2017. You know, you like TA3. But I, yeah, I yeah, haven't play. played TA3. <laughs> Do you have to play a game for it to be in your top 10? <laughs> Can you put one on there that you have never played? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess put it on your next list and see how much backlash you get. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be TI4 if I did. See if we ray gun. Yeah, I, yeah, but you know, another game. You know, maybe I'll if okay. I'm if I'm invited back ever, which you know, well, I'm assuming I won't be. That's my we'll going into it. I we'll I feel like I just ruined this episode, but you know, we'll uh, see. Uh, another one that I really want to try is the thing. Um, infection at outpost. outpost. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Forty-seven or thirty-one. Thirty-one. Or some, something. Some, some number in there. Yeah, some number. But so. I'm a huge fan of the movie, the original movie. It sounds like a good okay. co-op game. It is a semi-cooperative. Yep, semi-cooperative game. <laughs> which does not make it co-op. But Come on, Aaron, what do you think? It depends on the game. Like, if so Shadows over Camelot. That one, I feel, is more cooperative. Right, so I feel like Dead of Winter. <laughs> Dead of Winter, I don't feel is a cooperative as much like you're that's not, kind of where I set, put the line is somewhere between those as far as whether you're not helping at I all. would consider like it cooperative kind of straddling like, the fence feel bad letting yeah. them answer the question <laughs> well there I just feel like some of the semi-cooperatives are more on the cooperative side and those I would consider on, if I were to make that list and some of them I wouldn't so there that doesn't help at all you're welcome good non-answer Tim nailed it uh, my last one uh, Seventh Continent just because I keep hearing that a lot of people are into it, mm-hmm. kind of a bigger Kickstarter game. So I'm interested to see if it's, you know, about that hype. That was actually on my list, too, of a game that I'd want to play. Like, I'm not sure if that one would get, you know, multiple plays from what I've kind of heard that, you know, will I like it at multiple plays or you, or you kind of have it figured out? But yeah, you know, big game, you know, exploring type game. But that's one that I'm I would be interested to... You know, play that and get that going too. Yeah, the um, I think the top one I'd want to try out is uh, Lisboa that I haven't tried. Oh yeah, um, Vitalis sort of game, super heavy, cool artwork. Uh, Aaron calls it the blue game. He keeps asking me if I got the blue game yet. Do I should get the blue game? Because he doesn't want to read through the rule book. He wants me to so he's, read through it and explain it to him. It, but... He wants me to. Learn it and teach it to him. <laughs> I understand that. You know, less work for him. <laughs> yeah, but that one looks really good. It's got dual use cards. I know there's a lot more going on, but that's kind of the basic of the game. But um, another one for me was Gaia Project. Was that's probably top of my list as far as you know games I want to try, uh, which you know you discussed already, so I don't need to go into that. But uh, another one I want to try is um, another Michael Kiesling game, uh, is Riverboat. Okay, yep. Uh, so I, I want to try that out. I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I being that I you know, obviously like Heaven and Nail you know, a fair amount. Since yeah, it's, I think it's got some similarities to Heaven and Nail. Most people like okay. Heaven and Nail more, though. But okay. but it's number one it's, on my list, so I that's not necessarily... Yeah, no, like, that's not a bad thing. It's like, yeah. oh, it's my second favorite Fister game. Like, yep. I think you're pretty okay with your second you know, Alexander yeah. Fister game. So. Exactly. But yeah, I, I want to give that one a try just because, you know, the Kissing games I've tried, I've liked, and even if it's not as good as Heaven and Ale, it's, it's not a bad thing, because mm-hmm. it was number one for me. 
So that's all I got for... I don't want to play any other games from 2017 besides those. (laughs) So that wraps up our top 10 games from 2017. Do you guys have anything else to talk about, or should we we just kick Michael out? Can we just get out of here, give it to Michael? It's It's been draining. You know, I'd, I'd like to take this time to issue an apology to Duel One Games and to all seven of your listeners. Yeah. Probably by this point, four. Yeah, our stock ticker is dropping. Yeah, and that's I would take full responsibility, and it won't happen again. <laughs> You're right, it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess talk about some recent plays. Last game day, played uh, Dig. That is one of Aaron's, uh, it's like one of those, it's basically the size of like, you know, those little like quarter packs of gum, like a spearmint or something. That's like what the size of the game is. Oh, wow. I went in expecting nothing and got slightly more than expected. So it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. That good, huh? (laughs) That's quite the ringing endorsement right Um, there. (laughs) I'll say it was worse than okay, but better than bad. It's a good game to burn five minutes with. That's about all I'll say. I don't know. You're no, a game like that. What kind of number does that? What kind of rating does that fall for you? Worse than okay and better than bad. Between a four and a five, probably. Okay. I don't know. I might give it a little higher. I mean, kind of hard on it. I guess maybe it's for what the game is. Maybe it's five six because you can't expect a whole lot from something like that. But it's a good five minute burner, I guess. You basically, you just <laughs> I guess. You line logically up, given everyone credit. gets a different dog. You line up all these cards. There's underneath. Most of the cards, there's different colored bones, and then there's four different colored bowls. You're collecting the cards. You have to deliver them to the bowls. Bowls get to the end of the track. The first one that gets there is worth four points or whatever it is, and three, two, one. Okay. Just add up your score, and that's it. Yeah, that's uh, that's a dig. So let's oh. dig our way out of this hole. Interesting. Oh, nice little segue there. Yep. Not segue, but you know. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> Thing. <laughs> Did So how many games came in that pack? So I think I it was like I don't know if they all come together or if he bought them separately. I don't, oh, okay. I'm I was thinking sure. they came together, but maybe, I thought maybe. he said he got three or four of them for like twenty bucks or something, or maybe it was a, all of them were packaged okay. together. I'm not sure. But that that was the only one you've played. Yeah, that's okay. the only Paco Games one that I played. Do you almost, you know, I I haven't played it, but looking at it, he said that's his favorite one so far. Okay, so my question is though, it almost looks like they went for a gimmick. Yeah. Of we just have little cards that are like the size of a piece of gum. Does it just take away from the game a little bit or not? With how like small the cards are. How short the game is and I just don't really care about it. Not really, but (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) It's okay, it's I'll play it just because it's five minutes and I've played a lot worse games. I'm always like I'm sorry, Uh, I can like most types of games, but gimmicky ones, like I'm really yeah, I, like I wouldn't say it's I really like a don't want to play those cutesy gimmick because it it works well where you, there's a big line of these like little cards in mm-hmm. here. It could have just been like a basically like a pack of cards size instead of right as small as they made it. So yeah, I guess it takes away a little bit. We'll say Aaron's okay. not here, so uh, <laughs> to back himself up. I'm I'm interested to hear what he would say then. He th- he only played two of the four or three of the four. I think one he said he didn't like. One was okay. This was his favorite one, and he, the other one he hadn't played. He thought he was gonna maybe like more. Okay. Are, do you know? Are they designed all of the Paco games designed by sure. the same person? Not sure. Uh, Mr. Chicklet or something, <laughs> or Sir Wrigley. 
Yeah, Michael. One that I wanted to mention that just played was Tricarion. I believe it's the same same designers as Anachrony. It's the same company, same company. and then it's like two of the three of the same okay. designers. So, yeah. it, it kind of it a little bit of that same feel to it. So I wanted it. It was one where it, it's a little you know difficult initially because the, the the thing that I had trouble with was all right. There's assistance and. Yeah, the the terminology all makes sense, but it's getting yeah. down your apprentice and your and, assistant, and then preparing yeah. a trick and, and then setting one up. Setting one like, up. Yeah. Wait, what? One is what's the difference? They'll seem like yeah. almost like synonyms. Similar. And, yeah. Like two similar. Like, but once I got past that, I really, I really started liking the game. Once we got into it a bit and like kind of found out what to do in preparing those tricks, like really like. Preparing ahead to get some of those like those higher level I don't know for sure what those those are called but that the higher level ones and there's enough you know going on you're figuring out well where's the other person gonna go and well which place do I go to first because well you get more action points if you're the first one to go there versus the other person but how many do you need to do your thing and I, I definitely want I want to play again yeah I mean um, after recording here we I have it set up at home already we're gonna go play it so I think we're so, probably gonna play it again wow. relatively soon. <laughs> So it's got that uh, really good. I don't think Tim's gonna like it. It's it's got a lot of interaction. It's not like you're really fighting for the spots with the, again. At least with the two player then, game, it doesn't like it's not but, like you can't go there. It's just well now when you go there, it really benefits you to go there you sooner can't than someone else. Go there enough now. If I think if it's some, if you build up those or those Tracarian shards, yeah, that allows you you can at least then do the action still. So I think that mm-hmm. would help it. Playing like if you're without those shards, someone else goes and like just totally blocks yeah. you out of it. That would kind of suck. And I think after playing it, after playing a couple rounds, I realized I need to get some of the shards so that doesn't happen. You got to prioritize what you really need to do, like and go to those worker spots yeah. first because it's programmed worker placement. So you have a set of cards that tell you the different locations that you can go to, and then there's also different cards you can grab. We played with the Dark Alley. It's adds a little bit off the base game. Most people just I, play with it right away, generally. Okay. Which I, I would yeah. do. So then that gives you... You can go to that location as well and also gives you a powerful ability to activate there, different things like that. But I like the programmed worker placement on that a lot. So I'm a, I'm a little skeptical, Tim, that you'll like it, but I, I think it's definitely one you should try out. Um you may. Uh, the similarities yeah, to Macrony... It's not like it's real similar, but it's just the same where, for me, where it's... I like the artwork or the art style in it, for me personally. Mm-hmm. It's heavier like that, and... I actually like the artwork a little more. I like it more than I like Anachrony. The artwork yeah, it's, for it's, the theme. It's, yeah, it's cool mm-hmm. theme and things like that. It's not like it's super thematic, but it's that heavier Euro that does feel much more thematic than most yeah. of them for me. I feel a theme, not... Like you're performing the tricks like that's thematic or anything. Yeah, it's not like I feel like I'm performing. I trick like those things. How you're going out collecting all the resources and getting your workers and just doing different. Yeah, like I need to go, things. you know, in my shop. I need to go to the, you know, the downtown, the market, the theater, you know, all those different things and yeah. interacting, planning out your turn ahead of time. That, that's the fun part to me is, pl- you know, those pre-programmed mm, turns after like, figuring out what you need to do. Playing it that first time, I really, really enjoyed it. I haven't stopped thinking about it. I'll probably have to be thinking about it again tonight when I'm working and I cannot wait to play it more. Wow. That's, wow. That's intense. Yep. 
I got a how how disappointed would you be if I didn't play that today? <laughs> <laughs> Played uh, Pandemic Fall of Rome last game day. Um, Aaron recently got that. Um, either you guys played it? No, I have not. For me, it's about in line with base Pandemic or uh, Pandemic Iberia. I like them about the same. If I was going to play a Pandemic... Which I won't ever pick, but if I was gonna, it'd be with like new gamers. So I just picked base pandemic because it's a little easier to teach them. Yeah, it was fine. Even with the Rome, because I know you're a big Rome guy. A Rome guy, but it wasn't really thematic. Oh, it, it had a similar feel to uh, Defenders of the Realm with like all the cubes move into the main city or whatever. Oh, okay. But would you pick Defenders of the Realm? I'd pick this? Defenders of the Realm. Okay. The only problem I don't like about Defenders of the Realm is finding some of the cities is the same in this game finding some of the cities is a little easier to find them in this game though when you pull the cards out it's like oh where's that city oh but then uh like graphically wise yeah okay and then differently but the actual gameplay i like defenders a lot better okay but this was fine i would still play it and i know you like pandemic more than i do so you you like it more i think it's a a little i wouldn't want to play it with gamers like us too much just because it's a little lighter, and the thing I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of co-ops, and then it just can be a lot of quarterbacking, like where it's obvious what you should do. It's not like oh, there's a few things that we really need to do. Which one do I pick? It's oh, you should go yeah. here and do that. That's why I like Spirit Island, Robinson Crusoe, because there's those tough choices that you got to make together. Yeah, yeah. With, with Pandemic itself, that was a game like I really liked it when I was first getting into yeah, gaming. Exactly. Playing that, it's really and good playing for that with a dad and. So that was a lot of fun. It kind of got a little old for me as I, you know, started playing more games. It kind of lost some of the. Yeah, and I would still play it. I still it. enjoy yeah. it. But I would too. But it's not one like, like you. I wouldn't, like, yeah, yeah I definitely want to play that. Yeah. But I, I definitely would if someone wanted to play that. Like, sure, I'll play that, especially for a new gamer. Yep. I'm getting someone in the game. I think that would be a, a good one. That I'd be happy to to play with people. Yeah. yeah. I recently picked up the Villainous expansion, Wicked to the Core. I think it's called. Uh, so me and Angela played with two of the characters, two of the new characters. She was the evil queen. I think it was Hades. It basically all it adds is just new characters to play. But, uh, yeah, you know, I still enjoy the game, but it's also one of those where, you know, and I've, I've seen this even with the first play where it can be kind of swingy, kind of random in a sense where, because you're trying to work through your, your deck cards. So, for instance, Angela's condition was she had to brew a certain amount of potions, so then it would unlock a location, and then she had to kill Snow White. So, it could have been where she could have never gotten to Snow White, or she could have been at the bottom of the deck. So, it's kind of... um, Just kind of no chance from the beginning, almost. Yeah, there, there could be. You know, you might have a card that can help you search the deck. Okay. But because I, I think that's what it was, Snow White was higher on her fate deck, but the mirror to get her was on the very bottom of her deck, so she would have had to cycle through her whole deck before Just, she could uh, even. Okay. So, you know, it's kind of random, kind of you know goofy in that. But aside from that, you know, I 
I think it's kind of an interesting little game. You know, nothing to take too seriously. Yeah, it's a good lighter family. Yeah, game yeah, type thing. yeah. And then if the card isn't at the bottom, you can always be like, "Well, I was yeah, I had no chance in the beginning." It's a good excuse. Nice to have built-in excuses when you play games as <laughs> yep. to why you lose them. Yep. So that right. way, that way, it's not your fault. Played one of your personal favorites at game day, uh, Hansa Teutonica. Oh. Um, From listening to the podcast, I know that's yeah. it's it's probably Tim's favorite game. I won't say a whole right? lot, but uh, just really cemented. How much I like it, why I like it, and just that much more. And uh, because Tim wasn't playing with you, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's real cutthroat. Yeah, I've played that one a, a few different times. I like it. Uh, not as I don't think I like it as much as, as you do, Ryan, but vastly more than Tim does. I'll say that. Um, yesterday, I had kind of a interesting day. So I went down. I had contacted uh, Keith from Thunderworks Games, the guy that created Role Player, and he's okay. Yeah. So I he basically said they were doing some play testing at one of the local game stores. I think it was I'm Bored Games in Madison. Uh, so I'd never been there before. It's a really nice place. Pretty big. A lot of tables in the back. Uh, so he ended up showing us Skulk Hollow. So what that is? That was the game that he designed, but it's for another company. It's kind of goofy how it worked out. Before Roleplayer really took off, he agreed to make a game okay. for With a, a friend of his. Yep. Okay. So it was on Kickstarter, and he actually just got the final production copy of it. Okay. Uh, so he had that. So it's a two-player game. It was me and another guy playing it, and he actually had some of the... They're looking at making... An expansion for it where so basically one one player plays like the hero faction so I think in the base game it's like foxes and the other player plays a ancient uh, I'm not even sure what to call it like an ancient creature I was like a big stone bear and you have two boards you have one board where you have the movement so you're playing cards that move your creature and then attack. So I'm trying to kill like eight foxes is what I was trying to do. And the fox player, there's a second board, which is basically the creature's body. So he has to basically climb onto me and move around my creature. So say if I one of my cards was stomp. So he could climb on my leg, and if he does enough damage to my leg, I can't use stomp anymore. Or if he does too much damage to my head, I can't use my gaze ability. So it's kind of a interesting kind of back and forth with that. I'm trying to kill eight of his foxes. He's trying to basically kill my creature. And okay. uh, I think in the base game there was like four different creatures in it. And then what we played was the real rough prototype copy okay. of uh, a faction that he was trying to design and trying what to... What would you think of the game? It was it was pretty good. I don't know if it's something that I would search out to, um, you know, play a lot. Yeah. Definitely if someone got it in our group, I'd play it. You know, and really when I think about it, it might be a decent game for me and Angela to play because it's a lighter two-player kind of combat game. So, yeah, it was it was good. Solid, but you nothing know? came yet. Yeah, yeah. Crawling it, back. You know, the, the interesting part of it, was the the second board where you're actually crawling up one player's trying to crawl up basically on the body of the creature trying to destroy it so that was kind of cool 
And then um, he also showed me a real early production, or not even production, it was a prototype of the role-player adventure game. So what that is, if you ever played Sherlock Holmes, Consulting Detective, or Mythos Tales, it's in that same style where it's, you know, you're reading through and you're doing stuff. But the interesting thing is you have your map or your location, and you, you do actually move your pawn around the board. So once you're at a certain location, you'll start reading. So, like, if I went up to the goblin camp, I would start reading that. And now if I have items, I can actually use an item at that location. So say if the location was, like, C, and I had item 20, I could look for C20 to see if I actually use that item at the location. So it's kind of the, it's got the role-playing aspect to it as well. And so I he had me, he basically gave me the box. And he's like, hey, I just want to see if you can figure out how to play it. Figure out own. how to set it up, figure out how to play it. You know, and this sounds like one that would be more interesting for you, like yeah. the other one. Yep. Because you like the Sherlock Holmes games. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's basically what I told him too. Because I, I do enjoy the Sherlock Holmes and the Mythos Tales. But this one adds more to it where, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm excited to kind of see that. He's thinking maybe Kickstarter next year or sometime, but okay. that's, you know, ways out. Yeah. Nothing said. So. Cool. But yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. That's neat. I recently noticed that uh, Anachrony has an expansion on Kickstarter, Fractures of Time. I think that runs till May 7th. It's like 45 bucks. It's a real big expansion. I'm not going to get real into it, but... Uh, if you're interested in that, go check it out. It's not one that I'm going to pick up now. I'm going to wait till reviews come out and see what, what all it entails more and if it's something I'm interested in. There's already enough in the Anachrony box for me. There's enough going on that I want to explore. And then on Mars, I'm real tempted to back this, but I really want to look into I I looked into it quite a bit, so I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I think I'd like it, but I just don't know if I'm going to back it or not because it's like 90 bucks. Uh, that is made by Vitalicerta, and that just that's on Kickstarter till May third. They already both made quite a bit of money. They're already both at like half a million almost. Oh really? And I think On Mars started yesterday. But yeah, they're both uh, very interesting. <laughs> on Mars looks really cool. Artworks by Ian O'Toole. I think there's two main phases. You're either going down to the planet, doing different things on there, or you're taking the shuttle or something to the other side of the planet, or in the orbit or something like that. I can't remember exactly how it works, but it looks super heavy. It really looks cool, and it's got a cool theme. Yeah, the Mars games I've played, I've I've liked both of those. Yeah. <laughs> Mission Red Planet and uh, Terraforming Mars. So yep. Mars games are good. I think this, this one is not like terribly thematic, but it definitely feels a lot more thematic than obviously Mission Red Planet. But terraforming mars and whatnot this one there's a lot going on it's really cool you're actually kind of building you're jointly building a colony on the planet you're not like terraforming it or anything you're building a colony on mars i think and you're placing different tiles out and all these different buildings and things like that looks Hmm. looks pretty cool i do have one more and it's uh it was announced a while ago but that was the expansion for dinogenics so yep. we just want to gloss over that and well see i'm not i don't know just the new game ships or what what it give you like a new game or what uh, well <laughs> a lot of our complaints that we had 
it sounds like all 20 of them for me at least <laughs> maybe not all 20 I had a lot of, yeah but the more i think about it the less i like that game it it seems to kind of fix some of i guess my main complaints there's different locations where you can kind of like refine dna so you might not get hosed up with yeah you know so depending on what cards you have you might be able to kind of change that up um it sounds like there's specialized workers. Don't know what those do. There's going to be different dinosaurs that I guess they they have. It sounded like they were looking at refining the rule book as well to help out with the runaway leader issues. Okay. That they've it been... seems like they listened to our some of our complaints. I, I imagine they can't reprint the whole game with like because the, the iconography is awful and yeah, tiny and it sounds like, like those changes are making it just more like Dinosaur Island. All those things are in Dinosaur <laughs> Island. Like they want to be more like Dinosaur Island. Let's try to make it more like that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know that's why I brought it up Not though playing. because it, I haven't played it. But <laughs> it it looks yeah. like they are listening to people, probably not us, but <laughs> yeah, people with the same opinions. Yeah, as you they're guys. you know they're trying to fix you don't know that issues that you know have come up. So it should have came up in the first place is the the thing, and then you got to spend money to fix a game that you don't really like that much, and then is it really going to make you like it enough? To sp- well, you know what I mean. I know, and that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't think I'm going to kickstart it, but I'm going to look at it when it comes out because it's I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I have that thing with games where it's, oh, oh, this expansion makes it really good. Yeah, but I think it's okay or not that good to begin with, so I don't right. care to even bother. If you absolutely need an expansion to make it a good game, yeah, I should it probably like, isn't worth yeah, owning. I should like the game quite a bit already, and then I, those are the just, games I'm going to get an expansion. Yeah, right. Might, Something just I, like makes a good game that much better yeah. versus a makes a bad game good. Makes a bad game good or decent. Yeah. That's still not going to draw me to play it very enough much other at all, so it's not to, worth it. To do, yeah. But... That's cool, though. Yeah, so... Chaos in the Old World, this is the last one I got. Uh, there's some wet banditry going on in that game. So it was the last <laughs> game... One of the last games that we played, the last game night, and it was me, it was you, Tim, uh, Johnny, and Marv, so the two wet bandits. Yeah. Marv had played a few times. It had been a while, probably almost a year since he had played. But his play style is very uh, aggressive yes. and attacky. So we randomly drew the uh, chaos gods that you play or whatever. And, and naturally, you would think, okay, so you got the aggressive guy, give him the aggressive faction. Yeah. And it randomly wound up where he did get corn, the aggressive okay. faction. Yeah, and we kind promising. of talked about like yep. where he's kind of the game balancer, but I mean other people and what this and that. But right. And we told him... He, j- I don't know. It was just he. So he started spawning on the corner of the map. Yeah, he like where no one goes. Cornered himself in. Yeah. Was... At at one point, so he he basically picked a corner, sat there, kind of attacked only if you moved into his areas, and at one point Johnny was actually moving. He was warping Marv's guys. To the other side of the board, so he'd attack me. And usually, <laughs> the race Johnny plays, usually they warp corn or other people away from yes. him. Yeah. But he was warping 
them from other locations where he wasn't to <laughs> to play corn basically. So that Johnny Tried to help him play the game. Yeah, it was properly. so weird. And all like you mean Johnny knew that you were gonna win, yeah. and Marv's like doing nothing. Like we did what we could, right? But it was like I, I didn't pl- wasn't playing in this game, but that was really surprising to me that knowing Marv the way he plays games that he's attacking like the only concern I would have would be is he going to just attack one person too much right that was my first yeah and like all right well this person's way behind why are you still attacking them but the fact that he didn't attack seems very off brand he went went, yeah yeah. (laughs) but at one point we're just like uh Marv what are you doing like he just walled himself back there and he's just camping back there yeah it was it was very weird. It wasn't like going for victory points either. Dial advancements. It's like you got to try to win at least. Yeah, and, and that that's a game where like you need corn to you know rein people back in. So like that's yeah, part, like it, it kind of messes up the game if and, and corn if, isn't played right. Yeah, and if he's going for victory points, which is a different play style, but he wasn't even doing that. He's I don't know what he was trying to do to win. As it, uh, it was it was painful. So I almost wonder though because I won. If you're just trying to make excuses, ah, yeah. If it it, 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 if my strategy just worked that well, it could be sour grapes right here. Yeah, that's it's true. That's how it's coming off. It's Ah. true. Yep, make sound of something. That sounds very plausible. I think Johnny would agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) I told him that already. (laughs) I saw him at work and I told him that he was. I think you're the first one to say after you won. You're like, yeah, I won, but (laughs) it didn't feel. Right. Didn't feel great about nah, it. Yeah. I could basically see, I think me and Johnny, like turn two, we're like, well, Tim got his upgrade card, Marv's doing nothing, Tim, you won. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to happen. It was just, you know, we just played it out at that point. Yeah. But it, it just felt Could have just packed up the game and yeah, know exactly was, how it's going to turn out. Because he wasn't changing anything. So no, like, but yeah. here's, here's the thing, though. I Even though that happened, I still really, really enjoyed playing that game. Yeah, I still you had a lot win, of fun. So. I know. I won, so that helped. Yeah, it's still had fun despite the wet banditry going on. <laughs> That's all I have. I don't know if you guys have anything. That is, I think, all I had. Oh, I got nothing. You Absolutely got nothing, nothing at all. Yeah, nothing. All right, dual winners. If you want to get in touch with us or ask us something... You can email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. Also, if you're on Board Game Geek, join our guild. That is boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at dualwingames. Uh, thanks a lot, Michael, for joining us. You filled Aaron's shoes admirably. Like half a shoe. Yeah, I would yeah. say it was a pleasure, but I don't want to lie to our... Or your listeners, so I I won't say that, but appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. I like to keep it keep it real here, so I just hope I didn't uh, ruin it for the listeners too much. You know, open that too terrible of a experience for them, but you know, I'll I'll try to stay away. Yeah, make sure you let us know what you think of Michael, if he should stay or go. Be brutally honest. I can take it. <laughs> On episode 10's table talk. We discuss Cult of the New. We review Call to Adventure and Dominant Species, and we go over our top 10 party filler games. 